Star Wars fans, guess what? We're coming in hot. We're coming in live. We're coming in. We're coming right at you, Bill O'Reilly style. We're going. We're doing it now. We're doing it live. Uh, this is Joe in the Rule of the Galaxy podcast, and uh, almost everybody's here. It's it's almost the whole crew. But this was a special show tonight. I gave the regular crew the night off. I, they they actually all were kind of upset at me because they wanted to be here, but I thought too many voices can can make this maybe a little too crazy so i said take the night off you mm. guys cover me from time to time and i'm bringing in bringing in, well part of the the georgia star wars mafia as my guys like to call it uh we have some of the best of the best the guys who've been doing this forever and one more will be here shortly we're going to start off with one of our regulars one of our guys who has been with us a lot and that's only because you like him so much mr scott rifen how you doing scott oh. You're going to me. Well, so those were the last words you're going to be uttering tonight during the program is what you're telling me. <laughs> and <God. laughs> now yes. that I'm on, it's over. Um, hey, uh, we had a good time talking about Indiana Jones recently. Oh, um, yes, we had a wonderful. I actually went back and listened to that one, and I don't usually listen to me on podcasts. Hey, I got a lot of a lot of people tell me they really enjoyed it, that we went, just did the one-on-one, good. Indiana Jones, all that kind of stuff. I was really happy to hear that, and we had fun, and you know good. we enjoyed the movie, so uh, it was a good thing to talk about. And uh, we don't have any more Indiana Jones that we know of to talk about. So, um, but also joining us until our other guest arrives is somebody who, another one of those gentlemen that got me started, my son started in wanting to do this podcast thing, and he's taking a little bit of break, but he is back, ladies and gentlemen, Mister Riley Blanton. Riley, how are you? Hey, what's going on, Joe? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. It has been a, a hot minute, and I am uh, glad to be back in the world of Star Wars podcastings, kind of. Uh, and I'm also glad to be back in America, dang it. Um, so, yes, I'm America. excited. To... <laughs> yeah. so, I'm excited uh, to be here. Thanks. I did want to clear up a few things because we do have you and Scott on on with us right now. One... Uh, I hear you guys got to get together, or did you get to get? Well, together we wanted to and... plan our approach for how we were going to gang up yeah. on Steve. So uh, I drove. Okay. Right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So that's good, though. But you can talk yeah. about that in a second. But I think and the, the target is only two meters wide. That's right. <laughs> the... You're probably right. Well, no, two meters wide. That's that's pretty. Um. Yeah. But um. The other thing was Scott and I. Well, I actually let the cat out of the bag that. I was holding on some of the nice material that's the only thing I've ever won from a podcast before mm. uh, when I entered your contest and got some pins and mm. some paraphernalia and some books. Huh? Scott let me know mm -hmm. he was not real happy mm -mm. about that, Riley. Mm -mm. 
I see what you're doing here, Joe. You're trying to cause a wedge between us. We no. were going to approach with the united front. That's right. And uh, <laughs> no, no, causing tension. Uh, listen, I, I, I said it on Twitter. I'll repeat it right here. And I don't even need to say anything. I just, uh, for those of you on the call, just look behind Scott Rifen's face right now. And you will see... A library, the envy of which would be one Jocasta new. It is a a a veritable trove of of Star Wars paraphernalia, uh, it, which was infamous infamously dumped on the ground. By the way, uh, at one point, I just yes. want to like for the record, the, the evidence exists on the internet of Scott literally dumping all of the Star Wars books on his shelf onto the ground. So would I give? My precious hard-earned Star Wars collection to this man. I was being illustrative. I also <laughs> set some people off. You remember that was when they when Disney, you know the story of this. When Disney mm. sold, I was actually hanging out with some buddies of mine the night we found out that Disney sold in 2012, October 30th, 2012. Mm. Um mm -hmm. that Disney bought Star Wars, bought Lucasfilm. Yeah. And the first thing I did was I turned to those guys and I said, the EU is toast. Yep, yep. Because I knew, I said, they're going to make three new movies. They're not going to tell people. Okay, so while you were gone, uh, Chewbacca died. He got hit by a moon. Don't worry about it. And they're married. They had two kids. They had another kid. Don't worry about that. Oh, Luke started. He's married, too. He's got a kid. Just don't worry about any of this. But anyway, you know, and they, they couldn't. There's no way they could do it. Yeah. So I said, this Jason and Jaina's best friend is Lobaka. And uh... <laughs> yeah, and it just ain't going to work. And so, yeah, so I like. When they finally did it, I said, well, here's, you know, symbolically, here's what happened. And I made a video where I just, I had a, I had a continuity shelf mm. where I had all the books mm -hmm. in paperback in chronological order. Mm. And I'm weird that way. Like you have the, continu the, the, the paperbacks in continuity order, but I keep the hardcovers in release order. I know. Oh. But, uh, but I took all the things and I dumped the whole continuity shelf on the floor. But boy, it set some people off. Boy, it set some people off. I started getting all these dude you're destroying those books why are you doing that and it's like it was just i was just making an illustration it's okay they're fine they're okay and i put them all back you know why are well, you so does, butt hurt i wasn't it, butt hurt it, i was just it does look great and i wasn't causing a wedge because i do want the unified front but first i'm going to check because i believe our other friend in the star wars community is with us but i'm not hearing him are you guys hearing mr glosson right now i think he's hey everybody it's me. Okay. I don't know if I want to be a part of this. Steve, you it says you're connecting with audio now, Steve, so we will be glad to hear your voice again after we just heard that other rendition a moment ago. Was someone doing my voice? Mm. <laughs> well, I figured, mm. you know, I, I owe you a few hundred. Is so... this a turnabout's fair play kind yes, of thing? It wasn't me. Exactly. That's all exactly. I'm saying. Um oh. well and since Steve's here now, I'll let him know. Steve, we're live. We're going. Um, and uh, All right. for everybody, Sorry, I'm everybody late, who, that's okay. For everybody who's listening in and uh, watching on YouTube, not right now, but in the next day or so, uh, Mr. Steve Glosson is mm -hmm. the final piece of this puzzle tonight. And uh, now we have quite a bit of the uh, Georgia Star Wars Mafia, as Alfie, Brent, and D-Doc like to say. Well, let me just say this really quickly, and I, I am thrilled, and I have been thrilled all day long, because 
here's here's what's happening right now and i and i mean everything i'm about to say absolutely sincerely with no irony whatsoever first of all joey marinara you guys on rule the galaxy i feel like you are a spiritual descendant of what riley blanton started with the star wars report i feel like you guys bring the topics and the discussion and and all those kinds of things with what's going on your consistency is on point and and you guys are so good at just being there and letting your fandom just fly and just the different perspectives on fandom that come about and then to know that i'm here with rifen finally again and and I, again no irony no nothing rifen is a professional i wish i had just a a thimbles full of the knowledge and the recall he has when it comes to all things pop culture but not only that but the the way that he communicates it so well um he he does he does a great job with everything he does and i feel like it's like reunited and it feels so good because riles blanton esquire is <laughs> and and riley listen watching riley grow literally in so many ways with what he did with star wars report Riley was always a man of vision and preparation, and and he stayed on the cutting edge of everything that was going on just in the social media sphere of things, and fearless. He was fearless. They'd go to cons, and they'd just be like, oh, Anthony Daniels, let's sit down and talk. You know, let's just – and and it might have been fearlessness that came with, like, you know, um, uh, youthfulness, Youth. but, but at the same time, it was just – it was something to behold these guys as they found their place in fandom and found their niche with Riley and Bethany and Mark Herleman and then all the people that he brought along eventually with him doing great things. And so, look, I'm, I realize this tonight, and this is the most verbose I'm going to be. I'm, I'm amongst, I, I'm a, I'm a, an ant amongst giants, which is weird when you're as fat as I am to say that. Kind of thing. <laughs> well, those were kind words, one for us and, and Riley and, and, I almost said Steve Scott. Um, look at him. Steve walks in and he just lays down the gauntlet and with praise and everything. You guys said you now, you wanted to. Now we all have to be nice. Tonight. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's I mean... the attempt. That was that was the I'm going to walk in and disarm them, but it's <laughs> no, not no, going to no, work. No. I, there was no irony no. or no plan. There's... I literally wanted to say. I sincerely wanted to say that so that everyone watching or listening knows mm. just who you have online. I I, I because listen, what. Honestly, what Riley did with the Star Wars report was mm -hmm. something really special. And and mm -hmm. there was that same just go after it, stay consistent, do it week after week after week, and just do it well. And and that's why I really do feel like in some ways you guys are a spiritual descendant of what the Star Wars report was. And um because because what they would do is if there was no news, they'd be like, Well, here's bring some topics to the table and let's just chat about these topics. And they would, you know, go off and they and and just like you guys all have your niche on rule the galaxy you know you had herleman out you know in the woods somewhere in the north you know in the northwest, <laughs> pacific northwest you know, just he's yeah. like well in legends like it was all legends for him. it was all legends <laughs> you know bethany would always bring it back to lord of the rings somehow and riley's <laughs> ringmaster you know just doing these things and 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 making stuff happen and and so riley that's why i'm so glad to see you but what i mm -hmm. want anything else and i'm sorry to just walk in and do what i always do and just be that guy that takes over everything what i want so much is to hear you say those words wherein whereby you welcome us all to the ah show. well i guess yeah okay so let's kick it off then i will we'll make this a rule the galaxy special uh oh good morning you. good afternoon 
Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. There you go. That's what I now want. we're podcasting. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, now we I started. Will... Oh, gum, da, gum, da, gum, da. Um, I I will say this. Um, when when Scott had mentioned that he had been speaking with Riley, and then I had seen Riley pop up here or there a little bit on social media recently, and I thought. Wow, we were just talking to Stephen Kent, and he said, "Hey, Riley and I are starting to do some things together." I mm. thought, it, "Why not see if we can bring said, these?" What is three wrong people? with me? Why well, isn't Riley talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Well, I just thought this, everybody else. As as Steve was saying so many nice things, these these three guys right here, and everybody who's listened to the Rule of the Galaxy over the past three years now knows that these three guys were some of the main reasons as to why my son and I started this show. And and the reason it's still been going consistently for this time frame is because not only were you guys the kind of people that we admired, what you did, we liked the product that you put out there and the content, but then you've all been so easily accessible and said, hey, you guys want to talk? We'll come on and talk. And And even Riley, before the Star Wars report ended, was nice enough to say, hey, Joe, I'll come on and do a show with you. And that was just like, wow, that means a lot to me that you would do that. And so I, I appreciate all of you guys. I think that's me getting that out of the way to just say, you all mean a lot to me, to my son. And you guys were a lot of the impetus for why Rule the Galaxy is is still doing what it's doing. So thank you very much. Joe, let me say this, and, and please take this for all the seriousness that I intend this. Um, you're not special. Um, <laughs> We would be like, I know I, and I will not speak for the other guys, but you, you're um, like, well, would you like to come talk about Star Wars? Uh, okay. If I were not on your program talking about Star Wars, I would still be sitting in this room, in this chair, talking about Star Wars. I would just be doing it alone and it wouldn't be recorded. So, I mean, you know, you're nice. Don't get me thanks. wrong. But, I mean, it's it's not any extra effort that I'm putting on some headphones and that's about it. So, you know. Well, hey, I, I appreciate that. The the headphone effort means the world to me. Um, and so, you know, you guys, I one thing that I wanted to talk to all three of you about. So this is good. We're all here now. We can mm -hmm. get going. At one point in time now, each of you has either walked away or taken a hiatus from doing this on your own, whether it was Star Wars Report, whether it was my Star Wars story, whether it was Geek Out Loud, who... I mean, Steve, you never stopped doing it, but you did take some breaks where you're like, I have to think about what I want to do, right? And how difficult was it for you? Because I'm I'm at a point, even just three years into where I tell the guys, hey, guys, I you're a good crew, my Ruler Galaxy crew. You guys do a great job. I always say we're not we're not the the Rolling Stones where Mick Jagger leads the way and you've got all these backup kind of People, we're the Beatles, right? I tell them all the time. One of us can be the lead guy at any time on this. And they do a great job and do that for me. But it gives me a chance to, like, go refresh my batteries, take a week off, not have to worry about running a show. And if all but, of you want the week off, DDOT can actually build some replacement <laughs> guys for you. And you won't have to worry about. This is true. This yeah. is true. But, but thinking about all the things that you've done and the times when you've stepped away, Riley, I'll lead right into you first because I've been listening to your new show and um, you've mentioned mm -hmm. that on there and the walking away and wanting to have that itch to come back. I'll start with you. What what was it like to say I put all that time into the Star Wars report and to break away and now say 
I still have a little bit of that passion in me that wants to. Yeah. No, sure. I, um, it's, it's actually pretty simple. I, I can, I can actually draw some direct inspiration in a way from, uh, my buddy, Steve, because I actually distinctly remember you, you have to rewind a little bit in fandom, but I think it was a lot of the same reasons. Um, I remember Steve going on a, a hiatus for geek out loud after I think it was celebration five or six. And I just, I remember listening to that episode and, and, and in my own kind of heartbreaking in a way, just hearing Steve talk about how the, the creative process of doing the show was overshadowing the things that brought him joy in the first place. And I, and I just remember distinctly, I wanted more than anything. I wasn't mad at all that Geek Out Loud had stopped. And Geek Out Loud was like, I still remember. It's funny, Steve, you said so many really nice things about me, but I still remember being 17, 18, oh. and like discovering what a podcast was. Like I bought a PSP with my summer lawn mowing money and learned that you could like incorporate RSS feeds. And I immediately just started searching for what of the 15 geek not Star Wars, but like 15 geek-related podcasts. And Geek Out Loud was one of those first ones. So it was a part of like the joy that Steve brings to the world of, of geekdom. Like I'd never seen Muppets in my life growing up. And I became a Muppets <laughs> fan just listening to Steve talk about the Muppets. Um, and by the way, that tells you how little content, podcast content was out there. Because I was like, well, there's no nothing else to listen to. I'm going to listen to this entire <laughs> two and a half hour Geek Out Loud episode about the Muppets, of which I never grew up watching. And in the process, completely fall in love with it. To which, to, to this point, I still think that the uh, Muppets Treasure Island is better than any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And I dare say I love those movies. So. Straight up. Straight up. <laughs> Shiver my timbers. Anyway. Hey, um, same, same composer, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, wasn't it Klaus Bedell or someone who was like doing oh, the music? Oh, no, Zimmer. Zimmer. Was it Zimmer? Zimmer? Zimmer did the music. Uh, so I Zimmer. guess Klaus Bedell did the first Pirates, but Zimmer did the. It's like well, an early Zimmer. Bedell too. and Zimmer together, I think, mm. on the first Pirates. Interesting. So. Yeah, yeah. But I, I say listen, that because if you listen to some of that score, you can hear what's coming down the road for Pirates. Oh, for sure, for sure. Especially because I'm a, a big wow. Hans Zimmer guy. But we can do that. We can go. Which of his Which of his three notes is your favorite? Oh, <laughs> talking about that Batman theme. That's Listen, but but I say all that to say that I think when I heard that episode of Steve taking a break, I those same emotions I think from a very similar place is where I realized in my case that like a chapter had closed and and like a chapter should have closed a year or two mm -hmm. before it closed. And that's because I, I think that I had, I had said and done, I had to recognize within myself that with, with the Star Wars report there, there's a lot of years and years of hustle of making it the show that I wanted it to be and pouring a huge part of myself in, in, into that. And I had, I came essentially to a fork in the road where either uh, Star Wars was going to become, was going to be the, the lifelong um, passion project that I always kept in the back of my mind, like just out, out of eyesight to the left of like the, 
oh, I, I w- it could have been like, could the be the famous successful podcaster that 17 year old Riley listened to the force cast and geek out loud and wanted to be. And that was a very specific vision that I was chasing for years and years and years yeah. born out of my love of these stories. But I think the reason I ended Star Wars report as it was, was just a recognition of that. It was time for me to accept Star Wars for what it is for me, which is it, it, it it is a story that has shaped the way I look at the world. And it's okay that I'm not, my goal was no longer to have a successful quote unquote, whatever that means, uh, star Wars podcast, but instead, um, give that up, give that, that idea and that dream up because I had to recognize that the state of, of fandom and the franchise, if I kept going down that path, Mm -hmm. it was just going to end with me, probably hating star Wars, if not hating myself more for it. <laughs> so I, I think I embraced that. And, 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 and if like, there's a long, long monologue that could be had that I won't do here, but the final episode of Star report is just called goodbye. And it's a 45 minute monologue of me describing exactly what I'm talking about. But I think now there's sort of a sense of peace about that because I, you know, I spent a year, uh, a year tour in Korea where I was essentially not online at all. And that was very helpful for me to recognize that I still certainly have a uh, passion to have creative outlets of, of different kinds. They just, it's just a very different um, approach. And I think nothing has felt more stark than my experience at San Diego Comic-Con. I was talking to Scott about, about this um, when we were having dinner the other day, because it just felt weird, like almost sort of um, out of body experience because all the sort of natural mm-hmm. instincts of like, I got to get this interview or this coverage or live tweet this panel, like all of those like naturally kick in and it almost, forced me to recognize no that that's no longer like the expression of my fandom uh and and instead i'm i'm excited to kind of choose that approach a little bit differently these days just recognizing the state of fandom of which i think most people who listen to rule the galaxy i know this is something you guys mm-hmm. talk about a lot kind of recognize but yeah that's i think that's the best way i can describe it okay and before we go to mr rifen i will ask you and i know you're taking a sip there um give a quick shout out the new the new podcast the the things you and Stephen Kent are doing uh, for those who don't know sure yeah no it's um it's a collaboration between me and uh, Stephen Kent I actually here's the thing I I'm, I'm getting really good at ending it's, Star Wars podcasts this it's is a what collab. I'm you don't the kids say collab these coverage. days you don't say collaboration Sorry. it's a, it's a collab a hashtag collab. collab yeah um yeah yeah just watch our TikTok that doesn't exist um <laughs> no <laughs> but the uh it, it's such I've I, I've discovered that I'm good at ending Star Wars podcasts because I was like the produce I I. I I joined uh, Locked Arms with Steven to do a a year of production of the Beltway Banthas podcast, which turned out to be his last year as he also kind of closed that chapter of the life too. Um, but we really enjoyed our time working together and talking about um, talking about Star Wars and then, uh, you know, like stories that shaped us um, in a more kind of real, um, I don't know, what's the way to, to, to phrase it? In, in a way that sort of the, it shapes our lives and our worldview today and kind of talking about the way that uh, Star Wars or whether it's, or Lord of the Rings, the way the, these these mm-hmm. stories kind of shape our identity and offer us, I think, a way to um, uh, have a, a, a moral view of the world and, and, and the way that you can actually experience <clears throat> a, better, a better life for it. And I think most of us who are nerds recognize that but I've really enjoyed kind of actually getting into the weeds 
on that. So that's what our new new project is. It's called Walk the Way. It's a YouTube uh, YouTube channel and then also a podcast that we're doing. And it's really based on um, our, our ongoing writing, which is at uh, the Substack, which is uh, thisistheway.substack.com. So Stephen and I merged forces. He's been doing it for a while, but now he and I are the primary contributors on weekly essays, essentially about uh, popular culture, but through the lens of uh, uh, of faith, of stoicism, of philosophy, kind of kind of digging into the the hero's journey is kind of the common theme. I was actually just just finishing tonight uh, before we hopped on. I was writing a um, an essay on on Andor. I went to a fan panel uh, at Comic Con that was really well done. Jawa James, I don't know if you know him on Twitter, but he uh, he put together a really good panel discussing uh, the Andor show, and and so that's kind of. Uh, the way we approach the new show. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, or if you're interested, mm -hmm. if you ever listen to Beltway Banthas or Star Wars Report and want to hear our thoughts on those kinds of things, it's it's pretty simple. You just go to thisisthewaysubstackcom There we go. There's the plug. You got it. And, and I listened man. to the first three episodes of the podcast today. It was really, it was really good. So I'm excited for you guys to do that because not only are you a great person, but, but Steven's been great to come on the show and be involved with what we do at Rule the Galaxy as well. Really enjoy what he does. So, Scott, uh, I'll jump to you because, uh, you know, you've been teasing me on the last few Rule the Galaxies that my Star Wars story is not dead and that there are people or maybe future interviews or things that you might do and bring it back, dust it off the shelf and let us all enjoy those again. What Do we have any more rumors, anything like that? Mm -hmm. Are we still recording? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you know, I I got wow. started with the <laughs> I got started with my Star Wars story because I wanted to celebrate fandom, and then I spent mm -hmm. a couple of years doing uh, my Star Wars story, and I realized I really don't like fandom, so <laughs> I kind of gave up on that for a while. Now, you know, I um, no, it's just it's really <clears throat> interesting when you're doing all this because you you. You have people like like my Star Wars story was very successful right out of the gate, mm -hmm. and because of that, I had a lot of people reaching out to me, uh, wanting to do episodes. They wanted to tell their story, which I thought was great, great compliment. And then those people, like, they suddenly learn about like what you say when you're not talking Star Wars, and they immediately uh -huh. hate you. Mm -hmm. And it is it it just that was kind of a bit of shell shock to me because I thought it was kind of, you know, I'll play on this playground for a while with somebody else. And then I'll come sure. play on the playground with you guys for a while. And then I'll go play on a different playground with somebody else. And we can all play when we're on the same playground, we can play together, but there's a large segment of fandom that doesn't want you on their playground in certain instances. <laughs> and it, it, that was demoralizing to me. It really was. Um, I also had about four or five episodes that I had recorded the interviews for and had not edited them. It's a very edit heavy show. Um, I lost a hard drive. Steve knows the pain of that. Oh. And uh, oh. yeah. And I, and I, and I got, I got a little, I got, I think two of them recovered. Um, but that was it. Know. And was so that, that David was Collins. One of the ones well, you David lost? Collins. David Collins was a different freak accident. David Collins part two was a different freak accident. And, uh, okay. um, but that one, that was not particularly one that, that gave me a lot of uplift either. Um, but so, yeah, so I kind of had a thing where I was really disenchanted with, 
with fandom and it didn't have anything to do with Disney Star Wars and George Lucas Star Wars. It really had to do with something deeper where there was just there was just hatred and rejection of people different from you. And um it, that really shocked me because again, I thought I thought this was kind of where people of different backgrounds and and different thoughts and minds could all come together and, sh and discuss this thing space, that they love. Right. Yeah. And yeah. yeah well, I thought Steve yeah. has told us that a number of times, but, um, you know, it, hey, so there was that out of, when you get out of the boundaries of geek out loud, I can't promise anything. Yeah, well, yeah, I thought, <laughs> but I thought star Wars was in that boundary. And so, you know, I had that, I had the fandom thing. I had the, the hard drive loss. And I also, <clears> I started to experience the thing where I felt like I was stagnating in my profession. Like I would, yeah, I do a talk show every day and, and, yeah. you know, back then it was three hours a day. It's four hours a day now. And there were days when I would finish for the day and I would just sit back and I would go, you know, is that really the best you could have done? Was that, was that the best you could have brought to it? And if you had not been up all night last night, editing this podcast, that is not your career. That is not your profession. That is not yeah. you know, where your future is. Would you have done better? Could you have done better? And those things kind of added up for me to say, you know what? I'm going to back burner this for a while until, until, you know, professionally I'm where I'd rather be. And since then, you know, it, it's grown. The show's grown by an hour. I've grown, I've added new stations, you know, I'm, uh, I just found out Tavis Smiley has entered syndication and they made a big deal is in syndication. He's in two cities. He's in two markets. I'm in two cities. So I'm just as syndicated as Tavis Smiley now. Um, so, you know, it, I think it has paid off and, but there is always something in my mind that says, yeah, I do want to go finish some of these things that were unfinished. There are still people I'd like to talk to. Uh, but at the same time, I also kind of have to wrestle with, I've learned there are people I don't want to talk to. You know, my old mission used to be, I want to tell everybody's star Wars story. Nowadays, there's some people's star Wars stories just need to shut the hell up. <laughs> so, you know, it, one day, it. but, it's but okay. clearly I'm not over it yet. <laughs> well, I will say you've done a marvelous job of becoming a pretty worldwide guest when it comes to Star Wars related <laughs> podcasts. I've I've yeah. seen podcasts where I'm like, I didn't even know this podcast existed. Oh, Ripen's on it. It must be all right. I'll go check it out. Yeah. Right. So you've become quite the guest uh, without doing uh, my Star Wars story anymore. It so, comes in waves. It comes in like there'll be times. And, you know, the, when the whole fandom thing, when the whole really became disillusioned with fandom thing, there were people who had previously had me on who suddenly decided they don't have me on anymore. That's um, and yeah, it was, it really was disappointing. It was, and, and Steve, I'm still waiting for that invitation again. If you ever change your mind about all that, I, can't, I but... believe I was told the door was always open <laughs> for <laughs> Steve Glossin. Too <laughs> much controversy for Scott, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, well, I appreciate that, uh, Scott. Steve, how about you? I mean, we we talked about it briefly. Oh, Riley talked about it. You took yeah. a little hiatus, and but yeah. I tell you what, the shows you've come back mm -hmm. with, and the way you've been doing it with your three plus hour episodes, right? They have been a ton of fun, and I mean, just I look forward to those every time when well, I hear can that. Can I step all over Steve for a second here? Yes. Yeah. Can I tell you what what I think makes that work? Steve is at his best when Steve is seized by passion of the moment 
Steve is seized, seized by kind of an improvisation. Steve and I did an episode. Steve, and you, I know you remember this. Mm -hmm. Steve and I were visiting in lovely Hazelhurst, Georgia, and we were eating dinner at the Huddle House. At the Huddle House. That's exactly right. We yeah. were eating dinner and we started arguing. And we we're going back and forth. And it's funny and it was good. And Steve was just like, you know what? We're not wasting this. Let's go right now. And we left. <laughs> <laughs> and went right to his house and fired it up and did this really fun episode. Um, when and, and I think the difference is Wednesday at eight, geek out loud, mm -hmm. or man, I got this great idea. I'm going now. Yeah, and to me, those are the best Steves. <laughs> I look. Um, I, I think when I started doing podcasting, when those of us that were in my age range and the people that were around the same time that started doing it back in the wild west days, when you had to create your own RSS speed and, you know, plug it into your, you know, this was before everything was like plug and play, you know, the way it is now had to figure out how am I going, how can I record a Skype call? How can I be like, I had, I would, I was doing a Smallville podcast with my friend, Derek, we were literally on the phone recording our ends of our conversations. I would send it to him and he would put those two waveforms together to, to bring the show together. Um, and I wanted to be Scott Rifen. I didn't know Scott at the time, but I wanted to do what Scott does. I, I grew up loving talk radio. I grew up loving uh, morning talk radio, the, just the zany zoo, like the stuff mm -hmm. that people make fun of. I loved, I loved the zoo crew kind of thing the 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 friends sitting around talking and just having a good time and and i knew what i enjoyed and i thought you know what i should do this about star wars but at the time you had jason and jimmy mac doing it and this podcast sphere was so small i said there's already someone doing what i would do or what i wish i could do if you know jason and pete and then jason and jimmy mac did it um and so I said, why don't I just do geek stuff in general? And and what I was doing was a knee-jerk reaction to the ain't it cool news forums of the world, mm -hmm. and the force.net forums of the world, where everything was just a wine fest and a crap fest on everything. Like, And so that's what Safe Place to Geek Out was born out of. And who can crap on it the first? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so... And so I wanted to do have a show where I could tell you X-Men 3 wasn't that bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad. Here's what's good about it. Um, but so what happens is, is you start to pour yourself into that. And really the early days of Geek Out Loud are kind of like the present day Geek Out Loud, where, you know, when I can get around to it, I will, and I'll spend three hours doing it. Um, but then I got in, I got hooked up with the Smallville podcast and everything. And we started doing stuff because we had really good chemistry and, and, and there was just a lot going on. Then I actually ended up, getting to know the guys at Wars Radio and enjoying them. And Riley mentioned Celebration 5. And there, there's moments in my life where I look back and I'm like, what a fool. And and I joke with Riley about this all the time. And and he'll tell you I was perfectly nice to him. But we were standing in line waiting for the opening ceremony. And I'm sitting there holding court with, like, all the people that I think are just, you know, all all about Steve. And because I'm all about Steve. And here comes this young, <laughs> this young kid up to me. And he's like, Hey man, I just listened to the big honking show on the way here. And I'm like, thanks buddy. Good to see you. And just turn around and go back to what I was doing. And like absolutely blew off Riley Blanton, one of the greatest people in the whole wide world. It's still like, it's one of those moments that like still embarrass me to think about to this day. And, um, and, and so after coming home from celebration, some things went on in my personal life 
and and it was just a it was a reevaluation of of priorities. It was like, what do I really need to be doing? And this is not it, you know. At the same time, I'd started. I'd actually been. I was actually on local radio on Saturday mornings for an hour doing the big honking show, having a blast doing that. But I'm like, this this can't be sustained. I can't keep doing this. I, I have to now focus in on what matters most, and that is faith in my life and and at the time my job and getting myself straightened out, getting my head in a good headspace again. Because again, like Riley said, it became all about who do you know? Who can I grab? What can I do? And every time I'd go see a movie, it's like, all right, what am I going to say about this? What am I going to do? You mm-hmm. know, and 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 it had kind of lost its fun, but I had also kind of lost my my way in that. And also when you're not making money, when it's a hobby that becomes that much work, you know, it's like, what am I really doing here? And you really have to evaluate the fullness of what's going on. So I took off at that point, literally a year almost of, of not really podcasting. I came back for the finale of Smallville uh, late in, in, in May. Uh, so about nine months I was gone. And then after that, we started kind of promoting the return of geek out loud. And, um, and, and I came back, but I kept everything in perspective. And then it wasn't long after that, that, you know, I started, I don't want to say building a community, but like Riley turned me on to Riley turned me on to just about everything that I ever did knew with, that's why I'm glad Riley's back <laughs> stateside because I'm really hoping and praying that he'll text, send me a text about, Hey, there's this new thing you should try out. Let me, I'll come show you how to do it. So I think Riley might've turned me on to Mixler. Um, I know he turned me on to Patreon, you know, th- it was just there, but I started doing these live shows, started having, and that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I love the audience interaction. And we started doing the big honking show. Well, we started with Ustream first and then Mixler and then all kinds of stuff. But anyhow, um, and so it was that by the time I moved out of Hazelhurst, I had developed a, a mini network of, of shows that just kind of ran the gamut of the stuff I enjoyed. Now we're back down to geek out loud and big honking show. Mm-hmm. And what I've discovered is, is like, it's like Rifen said, I don't know how much I like fandom you know, and when it comes to Star Wars, like, you know, Ahsoka's coming up. I'm, am I excited about it? No. Will I watch it? Yes. Will I, do I hope it's good? Yes. I'm not one of these guys that watches anything hoping for it to fail. I'm not rooting for Disney to fail. I'm not rooting for Lucasfilm to fail. What I'm rooting for is for them to do better and to be better and to be consistently good and to push the medium forward the way that Lucas did to do. I'm put, I'm, I'm rooting for them to be Lucasfilm. And so if there's something that doesn't really fire me up Andor per se, I, I wasn't really fired up about Andor. I, it wasn't, I, I'm like, why go online and trash it? Why do what some of these other people are doing? You know, mm-hmm. who I would probably be associated with if you ask folks, they would say, well, that's Steve, you know, he's like this guy and this guy. Um, but I also love doing the big honking show, but it was the same issue that, you know, Rifen had. It's like, I was doing it just weekly. It wasn't even a daily thing for me. But I would do it and it would take up almost all of my Friday, which was like just one day off I have during the week. Sometimes if I'm lucky, I have that day off. And I was just like, I couldn't, I I just couldn't keep up doing everything, full-time marriage, all that good stuff. So I had to figure out a way to scale everything down. By that point, most of the shows had gone away. Now all of the shows have gone away except Geek Out Loud and The Big Honkin' Show. But I love The Big Honkin' Show so much. Like that's what, I think that's one of the things that has surprised me is I love doing just the zany, silly, stupid stuff that that maybe only I find funny, you know, getting to throw in a Uranus joke every now and again. Um, and so, and, and so what I've learned is, 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 is I've got to do this in such a way that I enjoy it, that 
I can do well. And, and I hate, maybe that's a strong word. I don't feel like I work well in a 45 minutes and out kind of setting. I don't think I work well in an hour setting. If I have to do some timing down, I can do that, you know, uh, if I have to. But I don't like knowing that when I go on someone's show, it's like, just as I feel like I'm getting wound up. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And I'm like, whoa, I've got a thousand more things. And so with Geek Out Loud, I get to get all that out, you know, mm -hmm. and then I, and now I'm starting throwing the Big Honkin Show. And so I really think it comes down to, you know, this thing is, it, it, it is an extension of what I always wanted to be as a child, of, of what I always wanted to be growing up, what I always thought I might be able to do is sit behind a microphone and talk and communicate. But this thing is not my job. This thing mm -hmm. is not, you know, this thing is not what puts food on the table or, or keeps the lights on. And so I have to make sure that it's all in, in the proper perspective, you know, and, and then I'm not neglecting my wife i'm not neglecting my my congregation i'm not neglecting myself to to do this you know so um so it's been fun i want to do more that like and that's how that's how i think i know that it's it's really fun because i sit around a lot and think oh mm -hmm. i want to do this more i want to do this more i want to do this more so now rather than okay well i've got to record over here i've got to get this done now I'm at a place in my headspace where it's like, oh, I need to sit down behind a microphone and just fire up Mixler and just go for three hours, you know, and yes. and see what happens. And and uh, and and I just, you know, so that's how I know that it's it's a good thing. Well, good. Well, I just like tonight's show um, went into it with really no agenda. Right, my agenda was to get three people on that I respect and that I I find very entertaining and everything like that, and what we've discussed on rule of the galaxy is um brent says it all the time whether there's one person listening or thousands of people listening if we're having fun as friends and getting a chance to get together and just laugh make each other you know tell stories things like that and yes star wars is wrapped into that and it's kind of that common bond um then it's worth it to us to do it right it should be something that you're enjoying and it should be something that you feel like something positive is coming out of it. And whether that's making yourself happy or making other people happy by listening, uh, I think that that plays a role in all of it. So I appreciate you guys going through all that because I know there are people who listen to Rule of the Galaxy who, even though you guys have had bigger, better shows than we've ever had, they probably, some of them have, have said, who's this guy? What's this? I want to know what he does and all that. So I, I do, because Riley is on more of a limited time frame here, I wanted to hop back to Riley before he has. Yeah, to I'm really like I'm a 45 minutes and out kind of guy. So you got well, yeah. So um, just when Steve but, was getting wound up too. I well, wound up. Yeah. Here goes Riley. Yep, and as soon as Riley's gone, that's it. Steve shows over. Um, no, um, I know that. Though that's how you roll, Joe. It's, it's, I'm not going to do yeah. that to you, Steve. Yep. I'm not doing yep. that to you. Um, but Riley, looking back, um, you, like you said, you started off as a as a teenager doing this, and now you're a, a married man, and you've traveled the world, and all these things. Grown are there man some of the world? Are there some man. favorite? Are there some favorite things where you still sit and think about between Scott or Steve? Memories at either events or shows you've done, or Don't things do like it, that. Riley. Don't do you, it. You you want to share that would still make you laugh today? <laughs> <laughs> I have I have three words for you. Okay. <laughs> I just want you to watch Steve's face while I say these three words. <laughs> Is seven 
eight, nine. Oh. oh. Yeah. Drop the mic and walk away. These yeah. are the famous last words <laughs> of one Steve Glosson at Celebration 6 yep. in Orlando, a mere yep. two, three months before the announcement well, of what's Disney crazy, Lucasfilm. And what's crazy, Riles, is as the time went on, we found mm-hmm. out that, that, that they wanted That's to what they were doing. That. Totally. <laughs> they wanted they were to at Celebration discussing, yeah. yeah. I, that's I don't know why that's the first one that jumped to my mind because you, you know what you, I, Joe it represents I think that that peak of the the convention era like because I think for mm-hmm. me uh, my fandom is very different than the the gentleman to my left on this Zoom call um, because my my fandom sort of uh, exploded at the discovery of podcasts and the discovery of online fandom, which is why I think the sort of fall of fandom, online fandom is is almost more personal to me slash heartbreaking to me because I don't have that period. Because by the time I was self-aware, the prequels were coming out. Like Star Wars was in the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. And so I remember like all my friends were really excited and ready to go for Revenge of the Sith when it came out. And then I remember hearing about this like Clone Wars show, this animated show that was going to be out and hearing that it was a movie. And that's when I discovered the Force cast, which is like of that era, I think you could name every single pod, Star Wars podcast that started anywhere between like 2007 and 2012. That was our inspiration. Uh, you know, I've told Jimmy Mack to his face that like this, that there was something about my discovery of not just Star Wars podcasting, which is in- incredible, but Steve, in a way, I think this was my introduction to the idea of talk radio in this weird, perverse way, because I didn't grow up with it. Yeah. I discovered talk radio, like the format. It did, but it was in like Farsi. <laughs> deep cut deep cut um but i guess that so this the 789 moment it, it just could it was the it was the interplay the elation of like we were just hanging out at a star wars convention there were no new movies coming out the biggest thing was uh uh what's his face's uh animated comedy skit show oh yeah oh, Lover, yeah. Yeah. yeah seth, yeah. seth uh, green yeah seth, seth green. green thank you oh yeah uh, yeah, but that was like that was the thing. That was like George Lucas came out to that panel um, and was it's part of the great. announcement. It's funny. It's hilarious. It's, it's gonna be great. Yeah, um, <laughs> wonderful. But well, do you know that story, Joe? Do you know what he's talking about? What took place? I'm, this is, this is I'm true. Guess. I'm providing zero context. I'm doing yeah, no yeah. I'm gonna guess you turned jokes. to him before anything was announced and said they're gonna announce seven, well, eight, nine. Well, well, it was it was it was Celebration Six, and so it's 2012. Mm-hmm. And um and it's August was it like it was like Augustish, it was and, August. It was and August. we're hanging out and we're getting ready for the big closing ceremonies panel, which is, you know they they've been hyping this big announcement and everything. Well, there's no way on God's green earth that they're going to do seven, eight, and nine. That George is going to do seven, eight, and nine. But that kind of begins. And if you but if you can start that rumble and get mm-hmm. people built up, you know. And so I really was trying to convince people that I truly thought it, he was going to announce seven, eight, and nine. And so that kind of got to be my bit for the whole weekend was, oh, it's going to be seven, eight, and nine. He's just going to, and, and so, and then it became this whole thing of like, he's going to step up to oh, the whole panel, just going to be George Lucas coming out front and center. Everyone settles down. He goes seven, eight, nine, and drops the mic and walks away. <laughs> and that's the panel. And everyone erupts. Two months later, I'm getting a, I get a text from my friend, Derek. He's like, $4 billion. I'm like, what about $4 billion? He's like, that's how much Lucas just sold it to Disney for. I'm like, what? He's like, and seven, eight, and nine are coming. I'm like, what? 
And so next thing I know, Riley's like, you're a prophet. I'm like, I'm a prophet. <laughs> but, that, but, but we were sitting and standing in line, just waiting. And, mm. and it was just this whole thing of, and, and Riley was like running up and down the, the, the way, talking to people, getting people on mic and just bringing people from around the place in and I was hustling, was of course, because yeah, of course right. I was. Yeah. Yeah. But it was great. It was great fun. That's a great story. Uh, you know, and then of course, you know, th there were times where Riley and Bethany were down at my house, just chilling and hanging and we'd record till all hours of the night and just, you know, fun times. Like it first was time I watched Raiders. Oh yeah. 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 Wow. No, but I guess Joe that, but that represents, which Steve did a much better job than I, of, than me actually giving some context, which is why uh, I'm, I'm outstripped in both professionalism by Scott and talent and Steve, because <laughs> they, the thing about what this moment represents this bit is the, uh, even though it's just like, it's a funny bit, right. Amongst friends, but that represents, I think the spirit of what the, the dawn of internet fandom was for me. And that just represents like, there's so much pure joy in that era of star Wars. And you know what, even though they didn't announce, they were like, haha, it was funny. They got out with the tubas, right. And the, yeah, the, 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 the German thing. clothes with the yeah, band the were like, yeah. we're going to Germany. And everybody was like, yeah. <laughs> and that was it. But they, uh, also, they also had the footage of the 3d movies that looked uh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. 3d. Popping in your face, in the Scott knows that's that so one. That's, that's so Scott's true. favorite puppet movie. That that was from. <laughs> or not? I like some. I like some of the facial expressions that Scott's making in this show tonight. Um, so uh, Riley, um, I triple C. Scott and I were talking about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, what, yeah. What, oh, Riley was Riley was hard selling me this weekend. Well, it was I've never even been. Thoughts. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rule of the Galaxy has now gone two years in a row. Um, we 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 find it enjoyable. We've gotten a chance to meet great people, and it's fairly easily accessible because it's in Nashville. I kind of feel like it's a halfway point between Georgia and Indiana. You know, I, I'm feeling <laughs> a good Georgia-Indiana meetup for all of us here in 2024, if, you know, if you if you want to start planning that. Just throwing it out there. Listen, listen. Here's the here's the thing about because I've never even been, but I've I've seen. I was even at San Diego. I heard people talking about how great ICC is. Wow. Like, uh, like that that was a legit. Like a, a not even somebody I knew, just like a random stranger, uh, at the Duo Nouveau booth. Just they were talking about the new Stormtrooper helmets. He's like, "Have you heard about this ICC con?" And I was like, "I have heard about that because I'd heard it on Rebel Force Radio." But the um, the, you know, I I would be sold. So the short answer, yes, I would be a hundred percent sold, <laughs> but only because. Uh, not because I have a a craven sort of uh, almost personally depressed feeling of like trying to recapture the nostalgia we just described in Steve's bit, uh, and and doing so in a smaller maybe more um, fan focused environment because those are all things that sound good, but more importantly because it's in freaking Nashville and I love Nashville. It's oh, one wow. of the best towns in the world. Uh, and so like that, I will go hang it at, if any of my friends ever, Joe, if you say next weekend, let's go to Nashville, I'm going to check the flight prices and be like, mm, let's see. I, well, and then I'm probably going to talk to Savannah about it and she's going to say you're crazy, but I will actually <laughs> probably go ask her, can I go hang out with my star Wars friends in Nashville? And there's a 50, 50 shot. I get permission from my wife because this is the, this is the new phase of life. We're, we're all uh, yeah. Yeah. 
But no, I, I say all that. I think it'd be great. I, I, and it's one of those things I think they have, maybe side sidebar here, they have, I think, an opportunity because of the climate of fandom and because of sort of how corporatized a lot of these bigger events are. You can kind of counter-program against that. Um, and I know they really focus on the uh, like the OG collector uh, mm-hmm. audience. So I, I think that they kind of have a, a unique approach. But you've been there. I, I haven't. I don't know. Maybe I've done an appropriate job hard selling no, no, it for it's, you. But... I look, I um I've enjoyed it both times. I mean, anytime you get a chance to meet the people that we've met, uh, you know, I got to hang out with Jimmy and Jason in the, in twenty twenty two. I got to meet Ian McDermott. I got to meet um uh Vanessa Marshall this year. I got to meet, you know, uh Timmy Taylor, Ula from Return of the Jedi. I mean, you know, when you get a chance to sit down and have conversations with those people and because you're in the podcast room and because you're part of that, it was really great. And and yeah, I've, I've not had the pleasure of being at a celebration as part of the podcast stuff, but uh, I have to have a feeling that it's, yeah, it's overrated. Similar. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I, I have, I started doing podcasting. Thanks for asking, Joe. I started doing <laughs> podcasting, uh, I think after my first celebration appearance in 2010, uh, celebration five, and I went to six, I, I didn't know those guys. Uh, I met other podcasters cause there, there are other podcasters what? and, uh, I know, what? I know it's crazy, but, um, what the hell was I saying that for? Just to brag, humble. You had Star Wars Celebration pulled, podcast. Yeah. Just pulled a Mitch McConnell there for a second there. <laughs> it was just, just a- happened. <laughs> Scott was like, I'm just letting you know I was there. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> My God, you guys are talking about this stuff. I was no, I didn't know you guys though. Oh. I didn't know you guys at all. Uh, so I was. Who the, I was. I knew who you were after that. Okay. Because after after that's when we started doing Dinner for Geeks, and that's when Ryan called and said, "Hey, I got this idea for a podcast." Which I know he denies this, but he he would do a lot. And a lot of his ideas were really good, but it was just a lot of them were like, there's no way I got time to do that. Right. But that one was like, oh, this could happen. And uh, once it got rolling, that's when I, I was like, I would like to have Steve Glosson on. And that's when I destroyed it. That's <laughs> when, no. I was I was talking to Riley this weekend, and we were, we were discussing the fact that uh, there was a certain restaurant where apparently it became my favorite place to record episodes of that show, and I didn't even realize it. I recorded you there, recorded Riley there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I started on that whole Jag for some reason, and I don't remember what that reason is. Well, I'm going to catch okay. you off for because we're, we'll find it here in a few moments. But Riley's on, Riley's on the short leash of time. Yeah, he but, is. But hang on a second, Riley, yeah. say something so I can get you on the big screen here because I want to do this. Uh oh. Okay. All right. Dude, okay. Because I, I, I don't know how I'm, I feel about this. I'm I'm a big shelf porn addict, and uh, <laughs> so I see the making of Star Wars up top. Stop laughing, uh-huh. Joe. I gotta I gotta see the I gotta see your yeah, shelf yeah. here. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Get so you want here. us to be quiet? Say something. You want us to be quiet? Yes, please oh, be quiet. Steve. Okay, all right. Yeah, I don't want to see shelf. you. Okay, there you. There's your shelf. No, wait. Move. You got to move your head. I see well, the okay. making Star Wars here. Up is my. Uh, book. I see uh-huh. the making of Episode Three there. Oh, yep. Yep. I see the Star Those Wars like, storyboards like, book. I see Episode I'm One VHS. Is that Episode One VHS down there? The special edition. Uh, we should. Yes, on the sure bottom is. shelf. Episode yeah, One on, VHS. The annotated screenplays. Is that annotated screenplays over there? Uh-huh. Steve, well, this is usually oh, the box you set of the CDs down this way, and it's Scott this time. Okay, is that annotated screenplays behind you as sure well? Sure is. You better Over believe it. Shoulder? Okay. Riley, I recognize the ladies show. Riley giving the ladies a show with those legs, man. Uh, how, the, <laughs> how the force can fix the world, I believe I saw by your collab. Well, you got to have the, you gotta have the yeah. product placement, Product right? placement, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So this is this is my this might be my new favorite. Oh, though. yeah, uh, love yeah. that. Oh, yeah. This is what I grew up listening to. This is the. Uh, uh, I mean, I know you guys know, but for the the good uh, listeners, it's I think nine ninety seven, ninety eight. It was around the time 90, of the special edition. Ninety two or three. Oh yeah, wow, much said. earlier than that. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, but it's uh it's the four disc original trilogy soundtrack. Um, probably my favorite of which is the disc four, like the bonus tracks. And that's where they have like the B side yep. or the B take of a few different uh, John Williams pieces that were recorded. I don't know that I've ever heard of anywhere else, but I, I grew up listening. My my older sister Cindy had this, uh, and I and I stole it from her more times than I care to admit. Uh, listening to it, and that that I I heard these soundtracks um, hundreds of times before I ever watched a Star Wars movie. That's so, a great set. Yeah. yeah, that's that. This is my prized, most recent prized possession. I loved, I loved that. I loved, I remember when I got it for Christmas, it was just the best. Uh, uh, it's funny how Christmas continues to be, you know, Joe, you mm -hmm. and I were talking about that last time, Chris, uh, Christmas like so many July. Star Wars memories tied in with Christmas. I got, the, I got the letterbox VHS box set for Christmas. And that was with the abridged version of the creative impulse in there and all that. It was, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. It's hitting nine o'clock. Yeah. You gotta get rolling. Yeah. Right so real uh, quick, it's my, it's yeah, my time, but I will go. say, you know, I, I will say I, I have these two tiny shelves. <laughs> So Scott has a little bit of a, a slight leap on me uh, in terms of shelf space, but you know, it works for me. It's, it's like the handful of uh, prized possessions that I'm willing to ship around the world while I'm active duty. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of each of those, those books. That's kind of the extent of my library, but um, we have, I have a few things I wrote. I have like all the art books. That's kind of one thing that I decided to keep. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been kind of my recent favorite, but yeah, I'm a, I, I, I no one has asked me about these shelves, and I probably spent five hours rearranging. See, I can tell go. there was a lot of thought put into the Star Warsiness of it, and that's why I decided to say something. And I thought that I could identify many of those items. Mm. Ergo, I did. Well, well played, sir. Well played, we Riles. Well played. I just want you to know. I just want you to know that seeing you and being able to talk with you mm -hmm. in the words of Yoda has brought warm feelings to my heart. No, well, same to you, gentlemen. And I appreciate Joe. I, uh, I'm, I really, I actually am um bummed that i can't can't stay for the remaining two hours and 47 minutes of this podcast <laughs> so <laughs> but uh you know i once i said this to you uh like two years ago and i it's it, the uh it, it holds today anytime uh shoot me an invite i will gladly we'll hop do. on uh hey especially just... if any of these gentlemen are on because again uh some some og star wars goodness so i can't wait to actually i'm gonna go to go back and listen to the rest of this episode um, but yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. Right, hey, guys, no worries. And the Star Wars, him. Star Wars community is much better when you're in it. So thank you, Riley, and thanks for being back in. We love, we love. I'm loving the show. So we will talk to you more, and we'll get some more shows put together, and we'll plan that trip to Nashville. <laughs> Deal. Good luck convincing <laughs> these guys. Uh, strangely quiet, I noticed. While you I got, was no, you guys, you're making it harder and harder to say no on this thing. Yeah, I, I, hate, I told here. you this weekend. I hate the idea. <laughs> <laughs> but yet, but yet, but yet, yeah. <laughs> if See Scott, guys, got if it. Scott goes See. Go. See you, Riley. What What should happen is you guys should all come down for Jekyll Comic Con, and then that way I can just drive like twenty minutes to it, and we're good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so now it's it's all about Scott now. That's what. Well, it is. yeah. Featuring Ming Chin. Ming, I did I did uh, a couple of panels with Ming. Yeah, Mike and Ming sure did, sure did. Um, what we so, should do is a Gold Con in Rome, Georgia, in. I see. I would do Rome. Rome's 
what four or five hours away five hours uh, yeah, where, is, where, hour where is that we'll compared that. to atlanta about an hour and a half east or west i mean okay yeah yep. yeah drive out of atlanta from the airport and that's the i do Golcon in a heartbeat yeah. um let me let me ask you this because you mentioned steve earlier uh you want star wars to do well and you want star wars to be good yeah and it's not that you don't you know you don't want it to be bad Right. Uh, which is funny because, and, and as a side, and I, hopefully I'll remember my original point when I come back, but uh, as a side, you know, you were talking about how you can go out and find good things to say about stuff. And what I've noticed about you is you got put into kind of a box for a while there so that if you ever did say anything negative, people just went at you. Yeah. yeah. And you could even go like to the, the reviews on apple podcast i was like steve used to be a great podcast but mm. now suddenly because you didn't like something somebody else liked and oh steve used to be but he's revealed himself <laughs> yeah, to be. Well, it's the same thing that happened to you it's the same thing that happened <laughs> to any of us though also that didn't care for um the last jedi yeah yeah you know and and unfortunately that was so divisive amongst fans yes. you know i i disagreed with people that hated the prequels but i never was like you know, I never despised them for for this for disliking them, and people who no. didn't like the prequels never despised other people for disliking the prequels. It was a weird. They despised the prequels. Yeah, it was a weird phenomenon that took place there for a few years, and and it's still kind of we're still in the. I think it's kind of settled, but we're in we're still in the aftermath of it. They're still trying to make things like that happen. It seems like. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. you say they're still trying to make things happen, and it's interesting who is the they because it seemed like at one point Lucasfilm was leaning into that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that was really wrong. But it started me that it's funny you go there because that's started me thinking about something the other day, um, because a lot of the the Disney Star Wars things have tended to push some of us away. Because of the fact, I think less the content of the program, but more the way in which fandom has responded to them. Um, and I started totaling it up the other day, and I said, "Well, you know, they have they have done a good job of a, in a very real sense of pushing me away in a lot of different respects." And then, you know, this week, this last weekend, I was I was down in Orlando. And uh, I started thinking about the fact that how much did I spend on Star Wars stuff when I was down there in Orlando? And at I didn't at least eighty dollars. <laughs> yeah, at least eighty. What for the socks? Yeah, Sox? I'm sorry, at least yeah. sixty dollars. No, I spent yeah, no, seventy uh, yeah, seventy-five dollars yeah. on socks. <laughs> okay. I mean, think about this for a second. I spent seventy-five dollars on Star Wars socks this weekend so and, wait a minute and an exact replica of a 1983 <laughs> no, lunch 19 was, i'm sorry 1981 lunch 1981 lunch <laughs> well, i did i had to share that because i just and i sent you guys the text before oh, i did yeah. that little video i was like uh guys i just went full scott rifen on this girl <laughs> Listen, and full Scott Rifen is, I just finished Ready Player One, and I got to tell you, there's a couple of mistakes in there. Like, he read the book to find out what, what things these people in the future got wrong about their 80s references. I I still think that Scott Rifen's ready to pounce on somebody about Howard the Duck with his newspaper article from USA I've, Today. I've, I've pounced. 
Don't think I haven't pounced. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I didn't wear a fedora. I don't have a cool fedora with a story behind it, but yeah, the Howard the Duck thing, like, like I love that Scott was like, I kept this article, laminated it. Uh, <laughs> just because I wanted I, to have it ready. It's almost like he watched it and said, this movie's not good, but people are saying it's good. No, One no, day, no. I no. going to say they were bad. No, it was the opposite. I said, this movie's, it's okay. And uh, it's kind of like uh, you and X-Men 3. Yeah, I have I I just have nostalgia for Howard the Duck. I well, I was I was there opening day. I saw the first show in yeah, town. It, it, yeah. In in August of of 86. That and 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 I remember coming out of it going because I was with people and I was with people who were looking at me cuz I had high hopes and they were like, "Did you like that?" And I'm like, "Yeah. What's wrong with it?" And they're like, "No." And I said, "Okay, this is a thing." And I'd gotten USA Today. <laughs> And USA Today gave it two and a half stars. Mm-hmm. And two and a half is pretty good, but it's half not good. great. That means uh, it's it ain't half bad. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just above half bad, actually, when you get mm-hmm. right down to it, because they're a four-star scale. Oh, so, wow. okay. yeah. so, yeah. So two and a half is ain't half bad. Yeah, two and a half is all right. Yeah. So I, I said, you know, here's the thing. People are, and I started hearing people say, oh, it's the worst movie ever made. Could be one of the worst movies ever made. And I went, no, it's not. It's not. And uh, I knew for some reason in the future, people would just, because people are, we're very reductivist. You know, we just take it, boil it down to this one simple thought. And that's emphasis on duck. (laughs) Emphasis on duck. Very nice. Nice. They boil it down. Mm. I had to throw that in there too. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, so I I saved that because I said one day, somebody's going to say it's the worst movie of all time. And I go, ha. Tunk, we didn't think that back then. So we didn't, as though we are the you are the, are the well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, but people review like like history changes over time because people start revising it, and I didn't was not going to let them revise Howard the Duck out of history. No, so. don't you dare do that, Scott. Mm-mm. That's the hill, that's the hill worth dying on right there. <laughs> that's I Howard, think so. Howard the Duck I, Hill. My, my you know my problem. My problem is like every hill is worth dying on. <laughs> yeah, you're ready. To yeah, listen, if you want to fight, oh. just make sure Scott Rifen's on your side, and all you have to do is go back and be like, "Yeah, man, that's right. Go for it." I'm I I'll die on some hills, and unfortunately, I do die on some of them, but. You know, uh, so, but uh, my, my point on that, I started, I started tallying this up and I started going, all right, not, let's not go from the acquisition in 2012. Let's go from force awakens forward. You know, where, where Disney start, because Disney bought star Wars in 2012, but it didn't really take shape as what it was. Cause they still had to, they still had to get out the last of the pipeline of the old stuff. They had to tell dark horse to take a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to, you know, restart Canon. They, you know, they, they had a number of things to go before they, they really got to what Disney star Wars is. So let's say force awakens forward. And I started thinking, okay, so they've done a thing where they've kind of pushed me away in a lot of ways, but has that in fact hurt how much I've spent on star Wars? Cause I stopped buying the books because of Chuck Wendig. Mm. Um, and I was, you know, slavishly devoted to the book. So I started totaling it up. How much have I spent? Just this is my estimate. How much have I spent on Star Wars since The Force Awakens? $15,000. 50000 No less. <laughs> I mean, first, the car was 30000 
Oh, that's right. Oh, the road. The car oh, was yeah. thirty thousand. Oh, yeah. No, I forgot about the car. Yeah. But but and I would never have done that before Force Awakens. But I bought a I bought the car it was thirty thousand. I bought uh oh golly, what all what all did I buy now? I had it all, I had a huge list of these things. I bought a two hundred and fifty dollar lightsaber. Wow. I would never have bought a two hundred and fifty. You know, I went to Savvy's workshop. This? I buy, I buy, yeah, I spend 150. I buy 10 of those. I goes down to Disney and he's like, here, have your holiday droid. And it's like, yeah, like clockwork. It's all. Yeah. <laughs> I try to get a, I, that's my kind of like, I don't send Christmas cards out. I send Christmas droids out. And we prefer that. And yeah. So I send those out. Jimmy <laughs> Mac ate one on one episode of Rebel Force Radio, but that's okay. That's okay. It's, it provided some mileage on the show, but, um, you know, I started I started doing the math. I mean, I bought a $450 Boba Fett jacket. What the a hell nice is that? Jacket. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? Would never have why, done that before. Why would you do that? I did don't you have that money in the envelope. <laughs> we did actually. Yes. Nice. We did have it in the envelope. Um, uh, that Vader. Do you see that Vader? Mm -hmm. It is so gorgeous. It's beautiful. I got <laughs> that this weekend at Disney. $250. Uh, no, I it was only like 110 with my discount. Gotcha. It wasn't bad. Yeah, that's a good but, but, you know, the Rogue, and I just, I started totaling up. You know, I bought three Sphero robots. Mm. Three? Which ones? Well, I got, uh, I got BB. Actually, you know what? I won BB-8 in, okay. a, in a Rancho Obi-Wan drawing. Okay. So I not only got it, but I got a nice handwritten card from Ann Newman when that came out. That's nice. Um, you, you are quite the winner, Scott. You win. I won the, quite a, a few things. And uh, then I bought an R2 and then the, the evil black R2, oh. whoever he is. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, so I got, in fact, they're all, they're all over there. Actually, no, you know what? I bought a, I bought another one because I bought it. I found a closeout evil black R2 and I bought another one of him. I got an unopened one in there. Wow. I bought five. I bought five of those stupid battle drones. I have, you know, the battle drones they did. No, remember they had them no. at celebration that, that I think the, the 2017 celebration, I think they had them. Oh, I wasn't there. That Riley knows about it. Cause Riley and I played with them and Riley's pretty good. <laughs> Riley call him back some. in. Yeah. Call Riley, oh, get him on the, get him yeah. on the horn. Um, but no, you don't remember the little battle drones they had. They had a, an X-Wing, they had a Vader no. tie, oh, an yeah. tie X-Wing. They had the, they had the fans in them? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 Okay. I remember but but these weren't the cheesy air, air Fox ones or whatever. These were ones that had little sensors in them. They're really nice, snazzy. And you could shoot back and forth like, yeah. like yes. laser tag kind of with yeah. drones. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. Exactly. I have five of those. I got three unopened ones sitting in my garage. I mean, I'm starting mm. to start tallying this stuff up. And it's 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 fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, in eight years time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So so you know, have they really pushed me away in all the best ways for them? <laughs> but they, I mean, they found certain things that still tickle your fancy. You know, you know how much I, mean, I probably spent on action figures when I was a kid during the first run, like all of them, like three hundred bucks. Yeah, but if you took that today, the cost of mm -hmm. action figure today, you're sure. about three thousand bucks. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe, but I, you know, I it's I paid twenty one dollars for a three and three quarter Boba Fett last week. Oh, uh, really? I'm... Yeah, the the one the the Killian Plunk, not Killian Plunkett. What's his name? The Cam uh, Kennedy looking one. Oh, the comic book version one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a repaint. Yeah, I know. 
I bought a I, rebate I, for yeah. twenty-one bucks. Here's where I, here's where I'm at on this thing. You know what's interesting to me is is if you go and you look at the and and I guess I I hang out in the toy world with with all this stuff is is kind of where I is where my where mm-hmm. my bread and butter is now when it comes to Star Wars knowledge. I I I haven't watched every second of every show. I, I've not watched one second of the Bad Batch. I haven't read I haven't read a Star Wars book since the Chuck Wendig stuff either that I know of, and I listened to those, and that was struggling. Um, but I spent six hundred dollars on Rain Spooner shirts. <laughs> I spent four hundred twenty bucks on Roosevelts. But see what they're doing. What they're doing though is is with the merchandise at least they're appealing mm-hmm. to you, Scott. Yeah, because, because they're they are leaning heavy into classic trilogy. And yep. the more successful franchises that are the more successful things that have come about since the uh, since, since the Force Awakens, yes. you're not going to find right now any vintage collection or Black Series release nope. of a sequel character. Um, not at all. And, and 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 that's because they're all at clearance. If you find any, mm-hmm. you know, they're all at Ollie's. They they well, all they they really are, and and so they really misjudged kind of. I think who was buying a lot of the stuff and what they wanted out of it. I went on a buying spree on last Jedi. You know why I went on a buying spree on last Jedi? Because it was the last Jedi. Cause the merch bombed so badly that it was like 80 and 90% off everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I cleaned up buying a, and stupid stuff. I don't want a father or water bottle. No, not at all. But it was 25 oh. bucks marked down like, to two. But like right now at Ollie's for $9.99, they've actually got some decent Black Series figures because Lucasfilm has essentially killed yeah. the market and what they're doing. And so, yeah. their, so their licensors are hurting, at least on the toy side of things. You know, mm-hmm. the collectors aren't collecting them that much anymore, unfortunately. I don't hear anyone extolling the virtues of the books necessarily or the comics. It's almost like the people that... <laughs> Even even the people that are enjoying the stuff, it, it's almost like they all say the same things as though they know they're supposed to enjoy it because it's Star Wars. You know, yes. there's oh yeah, the, you the know, passion, the passion that seems to be there anymore is not the passion for the material; it's the passion to have your opinion validated. If that makes yes, sense. yes, absolutely. See that shelf there, that one, right there. Yeah, fifteen hundred dollars worth of Omnibuy. Mm. Fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> You know what I've got? I've got a couple of the Hulk Omnibuy, and those are really cool. I love those things. You've got so at least cool. one essential. Does anyone else feel that Scott has discretionary funds? It seems like it. I don't it does. I don't feel like I, do, I don't when I'm done with all this crap. <laughs> well, and here's the other thing, guys. I'll tell you, I've really struggled lately with, like, what am I doing? I've got a room full of yeah. toys sitting here. What is this all about? Mm-hmm. The only the, the only thing that separates me from a stamp collector or a coin collector is my stuff just takes up more space. <laughs> you know, there are people who have spent just as much money and just as much time on things that I didn't understand, but they absolutely loved. Yep. And, you know, they just don't take up this much space and they're not as colorful and plastic. And, you know, the, the uh, Scott and I talked about it the other day and, and I'm going to cross my fingers and hope it's true. And, and I will say this, maybe it is because uh, I, I, I think about the same thing that you guys are thinking about. I have all this behind me. I have a closet full of tub tubs stacked with toys, right? And I think I'm 52 years old. Where, what path is this following? Where is this leading to? Yeah. And then my grandson, today when I came home from work, my grandson, I followed him into my office. He went into the shelves. I've already got some of his toys ready. He's 11 months old. He grabbed the little chubby 
tiny Star Wars guys, Chewbacca, Han Solo, the Tauntaun. He grabbed them in his little chubby hands, and he just he knew where they were, grabbed yep. them, yep. and went walking out of the room with them. He knew right away where they were, and I thought, okay, so maybe all of this behind me is going to serve a purpose, and he's if he likes it, and I've got another grandson coming and all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm hoping that I can sit here in my my office, which will be their playroom, and say, let's take down the things you want off the wall or out of the shelves, and and let's play with them like we used to. That's we what line them for. up, and yeah, and and do all that. And speaking of the books, you guys are exactly right. The High Republic has not caught me at all. I read the first three or four books, and I said, okay, I need like a something, an encyclopedia to keep up with all these things that are going on. And then my son, who's turning 30 this month, said, I really want to start because he comes in and sees my Star Wars book collection. And he's like, I kind of want to start that. I haven't read all these books. And so for his birthday, and he won't listen to the show, and I'll tell you why in a minute, uh, I, I went and got him the Kenobi by John Jackson Miller and then the uh, Timothy Zahn, Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, Last Command. And I'm going to get him the Bane trilogy by Drew Carpishan because – even though those are all old EU, whatever, those are the ones where I could, I've read the Thrawn trilogy, I don't know how many times. And I told him, once you read those, it makes you, it gets you feeling that Star Wars feel again, right? It's not some message being sent down your throat or anything like that. It it really feels like a Star Wars book or novel. So, um, and, and, and the reason, real quick, the reason I know he doesn't listen is because every week he goes, Hey, Dad, did you hear what Jimmy and Jason said on Rebel Force Radio? And I'll say, yeah, I did. And I go, hey, did you hear what Brent and Alfie said on my show? Nah, I didn't listen. I didn't listen. Okay, $300 (laughs) worth of Barnes & Noble exclusives right there. Sorry. We uh, the I remember with the with the Heir to the Empire when it came out in paperback and, you know, it had the reviews on some reviews Mm -hmm. on the back or whatever. One of the ones was um, I could hear John Williams score in my head as I read this book. And, and I just remember as I, as I opened up to read it and like Zahn opens on a star destroyer, you know, like mm-hmm. the whole book opens on a star destroyer. And I'm like, yeah, yep. this is great. Now, now I wasn't like Scott Rifen. I absolutely bought into Admiral Grand Admiral Thrawn being the smartest <laughs> guy in the universe, but we won't go down that road, you know? <laughs> hey, and that brings me to this question. Scott. Wait, wait. Okay. What's your question? Well, I was just saying that because, you know, you mentioned Joe, those, those essential readings of legends, you know, that just, Mm -hmm. um, did you ever finish up watching rebels? Star Wars or me? I haven't finished watching clone wars. Oh, wow. I'm on season five of clone. I'm late in season five of clone wars. Things are hot. It's a, I mean, and I'm enjoying the show, but it's just, I I was going to bring this up and Scott us to go into this. I just did a rewatch of clone wars and a rewatch of rebels but hang on hang on i want to before you go i want want to validate steve i want to validate steve because steve was talking about the merchandising thing oh by the way my whole living room ruggables star wars ruggables from the front doormat to the foyer to the living room you know what steve if anybody robs his house they know where everything is (laughs) and how much it costs anyway (laughs) they stole my uh, star wars they stole my star wars welcome mats (laughs) they would but but no, but you know, you were talking about how they do the vintage, mm-hmm. like they're really marketing the vintage, mm-hmm. they're really marketing the older fan. Let me tell you what happened to me. So I, I go to I go to Disney uh the other week, as I mentioned, and I think I bought like five or six new shirts, all Star Wars shirts. And uh 
I'm scrolling through Twitter and I think it's like Holocaust Chronicles. Holocaust Chronicles. Holocaust? No, Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Holocron. Holocron this Chronicles. Is, yeah, this is Holocaust. why you don't get invited. This is why you don't get invited <laughs> back to people's podcasts. <laughs> I saw those shirts though. Holocron. Holocron, thank you. Yeah. Chronicles podcast. Uh and they posted the thing of the of the uh the Job of the Hut uh mm-hmm. yeah, Play Doh set. Oh, and they're like, oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, we can smell this just by looking at the picture. We can smell this. And I looked at the art on the box mm-hmm. and I went, that's the shirt I'm wearing right now. Yeah. Takes it's you the right same back. art. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same Jabba. Yeah. It's the same Salacious. So, yes, uh, you're absolutely right. And like they're going straight to the well, straight to mm-hmm. the well. But I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joe. I didn't mean to cut you off. You're fine. I, I was did. Just I, clearly, you know. I meant to cut you off. That's not I, actually true. I um I I I do want to do one thing and hold up the show for this one thing only okay. because I ask people for questions for the show and before I forget and before we get going the Dave M Jones yeah did send in a question and I'm sure you guys saw it on Twitter it was what is everyone's favorite Lando moment film animation novels comics comics etc and. I will throw that out to you guys and uh, because I didn't want it to get lost in the shuffle because I know how this works and I always forget to ask the questions that people send in. <laughs> and Dave's great, so. Yes, he is. Scott, I imagine this would be a question for you, especially to go outside of the movies with, with Lando. You know, it's funny because I, in trying to do this, I came up with four Lando Calrissian moments that I think are exciting to me. One is the flip when he when he starts working his wristwatch you know and he starts mm. working the wristwatch to kind of secretly yeah. yeah yeah it's like okay lando's lando's serious lando's lando's changing now lando's getting it he's getting he's getting the picture uh and i love that moment but i also love the moment in the last jedi where he shows up at the end and and brings everybody with him right cuz that's on, just a lando move on your left yeah i love it on your left on your left um, but I also do love his return to cloud city in the original Marvel series mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. he has to, uh, he has to avoid a, uh, a Lobot who's been sabotaged by the empire, been whacked by the empire. Uh, and I think that's great. Um, but I think probably my greatest Lando moment hasn't happened yet. And it is the moment when, uh, I finally win a reasonably priced eBay auction of a hardcover copy of Lando mm-hmm. Calrissian uh and the uh uh mind harp of sheru in hardcover uh and that hasn't happened yet so i know if you guys it, can I make that keep happen an eye out for yeah yeah the the two they, they did the first two of that trilogy they did in hardcovers for the book clubs and uh they're insanely priced uh there was one friday night actually or saturday night when i was having dinner with riley um there was one out there that was it had been at about 25 bucks. I was like, all right, I might take it up to 50. Went for 102, which was kind of low for those things. So, but it's not, it's not where I want to spend it because I'm too busy spending 50,000 other dollars, obviously. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, look, I, that was an interesting question. I know why Dave is asking that because Dave keeps his finger on the pulse of everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, the the cryptic Billy tweet tweet, which which now has been released. Oh, is it? Yeah. See, well, I'm not obviously my finger's not on the pulse. What did he make? Did you guess that? See, 
No. I assumed Billy it was the TV Billy, series. That's what I assumed as well, but you know what happens when we assume. Uh, uh-huh. Billy D. You're making a novel. What have we here? My memoirs. Well, uh, that's not a novel. Well, I mean, it's a book. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, what have yeah. we here? Which I'm hoping he does in an audio version because one of my favorite audiobooks is IMC 3PO by with Anthony Daniels. Mm-hmm. That audiobook is fantastic. I'm no I'm no Billy Mac, but allow me. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Coming in February 2024, I'll be sharing my life story from Harlem to Star Wars and beyond on all that has sustained and carried me through a lifetime of dreams and adventure. Ghosts and goblins. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I went to Harper. <laughs> what? Harper <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, he's got a pre-order. You can pre-order now. Wow, cool. Yep. Uh, no, I knew it was What wasn't have gonna, we here? I knew it wasn't going to be the, the, the TV series. Um, what I think have we favorite, here? I think my favorite Lando moment... Billy D. Williams. <laughs> Coming in February 2024. Uh, are we doing <laughs> Billy D will be sharing his life story from Harlem to Star Wars and beyond. Did we on all that has sustained and carried him Correct. for a lifetime of Correct. dreams and adventure? Correct. I thought it'd just be neater if if he, instead of doing the audiobook, went and got Morgan Freeman to do the audiobook <laughs> for him. I thought that might be <laughs> Coming soon in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Kermit the Frog here. Really excited to tell you about Billy D. Yeah. Um, I, love, I love the yeehaw moment in in return. I, I mm, love Lando mm. bursting out of the Death Star and everything that goes on in that battle with him. And then him telling Chewie about it later. That's right. He's like, because yeah. yeah, you, you know what he's talking about when he does that. He's like, I know you're going to be upset about the sensor dish, but we <laughs> can blow us. They told me I was going to kill me in the original script, but we jetted out. The man was so great. He beat the script. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. But I know why Dave was asking that because he has his finger on the pulse and it's all about, you know, there has been some Landro controversy come about, you know, with the, director mm-hmm. fired and he said he found out about it on social media and everything and all the stuff that's going on with the lando series that i know everybody is just itching to see um i'm sorry i let my start get out sometimes and it gets me in trouble you know uh, i used to like that steve glossom oh, when he gosh. was positive about everything rule the oh. galaxies canceled because glossom was on why there. can't he just enjoy star wars he's dissing the greatest lando of all time greatest lando old donald glover the childish gambino childish well, calrissian i'm gonna i'm gonna give you my favorite lando and uh heck if if i was all geared up like steve is i would play it for you but on my 50th okay yeah i forgot it all blew up didn't it um mm. uh, on my 50th birthday which was two years ago now i'm getting very old um uh i walked into my living room we were having a big pool party you guys were both invited obviously you didn't come um but um we're getting that invite yeah it was, was that anyway an invite? Uh, probably um check my spam folder but i i walk into my living room and my son says check out the tv i turn on my tv all my friends had gone in and got a cameo by billy d williams playing lando telling me happy 50th birthday it was freaking awesome so that i've got it saved on my phone 
please tell me he started out with hello joe <laughs> it was something like that if i like i said if i was as professional as you guys i would have it all ready and go to go and play it up for you but i you know what i'll add it in how about that yes. we'll add yes. it into the show so you guys can hear it because it's it in post i will i'll put it in there how you doing you old pirate so good to see you a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, a Jedi was born to bring balance to the Force. We celebrate that day today and wish you, Joe, the happiest 50th birthday in all of the galaxy. Time flies even faster than the Falcon during the Kessel Run, but remember, you can always round down. If you are ever feeling old, though, you're still looking much better than Jabba. And I might even be able to arrange some carbonite freezing as a special birthday present to you. Joe, thanks for being a huge fan. I am truly honored. Happy birthday, and may the Force be with you. That was great. The other thing on, on uh, there's two other things related to Billy and Lando that I love. One, uh, on Modern Family, where he meets Jay uh, and uh, Gloria, and he says, "I'm Billy D. Williams," and she goes, "I'm Gloria D. Wife." Um, that was that was funny. <laughs> and then um, uh, the uh, the other thing is, for those we were talking about the Zahn trilogy, the Mark Thompson audio version of that. Mm. Mark Thompson does a phenomenal Lando. His Lando sounds really good. Now it it might not be Billy Mac, but it's it's really good, and he plays him very well in that trilogy right there. So just throwing that out there to go along with Mark the Thompson. Mark Thompson's a freak of nature. He's great. He's just, uh, he's, he's the book. best there's ever been at star Wars books, period. Mark Thompson, television production. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Mark Goodson. Television <laughs> yeah. Mark. This is the CBS television network. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I, I appreciate you guys doing that because Dave is My great. And when I saw his question come across, I wanted to make sure we did. I was going to try to grab Riley before he left, but let me, it was let me, jumbled. let me just say this. Dave is the best. Dave is, yeah. you're not going to meet anyone kinder or a more true friend than Dave Jones. I thought we were the best. I thought you opened the show by saying Riley and I were the yeah. best. I said y'all were the best for different reasons. Dave oh. is a friend. <laughs> oh, Dave, Dave Dave, is a, Dave's a friend. I like Dave. <laughs> yeah. Dave doesn't leave me and go to Korea. And, uh, uh I didn't leave you. Well, I was right here, Steve. Sometimes it feels like it's Scott. <laughs> Wow. I just get embarrassed sometimes. You go into these sock stores, you're like, hey, that's not a replica 1981 return of <laughs> bucks. Hey, so my, my kids did buy me for Father's Day a few years back, and they had the light side and the dark side box of mm-hmm. Stance socks, Star Wars Stance socks. The, yeah. They, yes. they bought me the light side version for uh, Father's Day, I believe. And I still, Stance, very good sock, doesn't fall apart. Very good, holds up, everything like that. Still Apparently, they're they're very good socks. I they don't know like if they're them. worth that money, but yeah, hey, yeah. they're better for twenty dollar a pair, right, Scott? <laughs> they, yeah, uh, you know, I, yeah, I went in that. So nobody, I guess you guys heard the story, but I sent it to a mm-hmm. limited number of people that I thought would appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so I was I was at Disney and I went in the Stance store because I saw Return of the Jedi stuff outside, and I went, oh, this is going to be a thing. And uh, under the counter, they had some stuff. Well, look at the socks, and the girl behind the counter says. Oh yeah, this is my favorite collab we've ever done. Mm. And I was had to and I had to <laughs> pull out Google and start looking up the translate uh Zenial to old guy and it's, oh collab. Okay. And um that's that's the thing where it says Star Wars X something. 
and that's that's collab. Okay. And um, it, and she goes, and, and it was like you get these these socks, and it comes in this lunchbox, which is an exact replica of the original one from 1981. She was so proud of herself. But I just could not, I couldn't let, I mean, I felt it. It was like that. It was, it's like when Banner has been pushed too far and it just starts welling up within you. It's, it's like when somebody mentions the malt liquor and the bull, you start feeling that rumble Mm -hmm. because the bull's about to come running through the wall. Mm. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. The bull malt liquor. Schlitz malt liquor bull. Schlitz malt liquor. That's right. Gets them every time. No, that's 45. No, that's right. Darn. <laughs> Small liquor is a malt liquor, isn't it? But um, oh, so it just, and I it don't just know. came out and I had to go full scout. And I was like, well, first off, it's 1983, not 1981. But secondly, that is not the lunchbox that came out in 1983. She had no idea what bear she was poking. First no off, idea. Scott, was there any art on that box from 83? No, I'm yes, there was. <laughs> First off, that image is from 1985 re-release. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Flipped it around. That image is from 1997 <laughs> special editions on the sides. That was the most egregious error to me. Yeah. On this, yeah, the special edition one, because I mean it's a great poster, but it ain't 1983. Right, no, they, not, and on the sides, mm-hmm. on both sides, they've got the style A. The original 1983 style A. Yeah, the hands holding up. Yeah, I love that. Now, I had in 1983 the Return of the Jedi lunchbox. And Mm -hmm. on one side, you had Luke, you know, shooting at at Jabba. Yes. What was the other side? What's the reverse, Scott? Well, that. uh, To borrow a line from Indiana Jones, there's a picture of it right here. Yeah, I feel like it's indoor, maybe. Hang on. Um, Hang on. I thought it was either speeder bikes uh, and Ewoks on indoor or the Imperial throne room. I can't remember which one it was. Oh, no. It may be the Death Star scene. Anyhow, I had that lunchbox mm-hmm. and I took it to, to lunch you know, to school every day. And, um, oh, he's got to get out of his little step. Oh, please. We're getting, we're getting please, ladders. Oh, please be a moment that'll show up on Fail Army. Please. Look at up. those legs. Scott, oh, talk about Riley's legs. Talk about giving the show for the ladies. <laughs> we got the cadaver Dude. color going on. Oh man! Now see, he couldn't just pull one. That's the problem with Scott. Right there is see, yeah, okay, that's, Death Star, Death Star in the in the thing. Um, Vader, the Death Star, Star Destroyer. Yeah. I loved, man. I love that lunchbox. I don't know. Oh, it's, if, it's got I, so many great pictures on there it. There we that go. May have been my yeah. very first lunchbox that I ever had. Um, oh, Lando makes that. It got gotcha. The may the, the 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 original the original Max Rebo band. And there he is. Hey, have you guys seen what Hasbro Pulse has done, bringing out Jabba for the Vintage series? Mm-mm. Collection Jabba? No. Only $90 for Jabba, oh. the Deus, a Salacious oh. Common, and 8D8. Oh, man. But now listen, they make a big deal of like, oh, he's got his little hookah pipe here. <laughs> like, yeah, so did the original, you fools. Yeah. Oh, look at this. I like those, mm. those thermoses. Yep. But yeah, so this is this is the original 1983. I love it, Luke. Luke with that blaster on the front side. Like, what a great! What, and I don't know who painted this stuff because it's all painted stuff. And I liked the fact that it was painted. Of you know, of the two uh, metal Empire lunchboxes that they made, you know, they made one with photos all over it and one with paintings. Right. I love the painting. Better. Yeah, love the painted I, one. And I'm I love surprised this painting. you don't know who painted those, Scott, because usually you've got your finger on that. You're right. You're right. I should know that. I'm kind of embarrassed that I don't. But there's also some some very common art from around those days. It's very comic book pop art. 
yeah, like, like, like the key art stuff. They yeah, the, of the individual characters. And I, and I was wondering if you knew, I asked you one time if you knew who did that. And... No, that's the, no. And, and that, yeah, that key art stuff. I don't, I don't know who did that. And I know it's somebody knows and I feel stupid oh, for not knowing that. It's some of my favorites. So like when I see one of those images, that takes me straight back to 83. Yeah. The oh. Vader with his head turned and his arms okay. crossed. Yes. Yes. Uh, for sure. The stormtroopers running. Your standard wicket. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah, it's so good stuff. Love that stuff. Love Absolutely. And that's kind of uh, and that's kind of my thing, you know, when you talk about pushing fans away and that sort of thing, I've really come to the place where you know, they they were showing this Jabba thing off the other day at Comic-Con or whatever. I'm like, that really is cool. I'd like to have that on my shelf. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of room on my shelf. Guess what I do have though? I've got a vintage Jabba, you know, on his dais with a salacious crumb and his hookah and everything. I've got an 8D8 as well. And so I've really gotten to where it's like, if you've got vintage Star Wars, even if I own it, I love looking at it. I love being a part of it. And if I had the money, I would fill in the holes in my collection, you know, but I, I've also come to grips like, I can't, I can't afford the last 17. I can't afford right. space. I can't afford a Barada or, you know, yeah. or, or even an Imperial. Same way I am. You know, and I'm okay with that, but I'm very much like, you know what? I'm good with the memories. Leave the memories alone kind of place. You know, I mean, I'm very much in that kind of place where I'm at now. And so, and if something's really good that they bring out, fantastic. I'm excited about it. I'll, I'll watch it and enjoy it and talk about it. If not, you know, I'll just Andor it and file it away and let it be what it was, you know, because I'm not mad at Andor, you know, just like with uh, Indiana Jones, you know, Scott did a great job of kind of breaking down. And I called Scott after I saw it and I'm like, I need to know what you thought. And I need to know that I'm validated and vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we really thought a lot of the same things. I don't know that I got the nice fluffy Scott who'd gone to see it a second time and was so forgiving of it, but. Uh, well, let me, and, and I think what I've said about that though, is the criticisms I had initially, I still have. Right. They're just not felt as sharply yeah. after the second view. Yeah. And I just, you know, and, and so I'm just like, you know what? I, I'll leave the memories alone. I've got a lot of great stuff that, you know, and uh, yeah. And I'll, and I'll roll with some stuff. Like one of the things now I think I've kind of turned my attention to is um, some of these essential collections that Marvel puts out of different, of you know, their comic stuff. The it's, epic collection stuff? Yeah, the epic collection, yeah. Yeah, the essentials um, were black and white. Oh, the essentials, the epic collections, you know. And they're like, I mean, you're looking at 25, 30 bucks a pop for them. And some of them are out of print, you know, and it'll be fun. But like they all have kind of a uniform look to them. And so you can put them on the shelf. They've got the Star Wars books done with essential collections, I think. And so... There you go. See Scott showing them off right there. And, mm -hmm. and, and so they're, they're items that I wouldn't mind having and, and reading and having, you know, just kind of have on the, on my person and stuff. And, and, uh, <laughs> you know, so, if, and, and so when we go, it's fun when my wife and I love to go to like antique malls and stuff. And every now and again, you'll stumble across someone who has a booth with just some vintage Star Wars yep. figures and little baggies. And they're usually overpriced because people think they have something that they don't, you know? Yes. But I love looking through them anyway, you know? And like, I'm always tempted to buy, if I see a Jedi Luke, no matter what condition it's in, I'm always tempted to buy that Jedi Luke. Sure. I love a good Jedi Luke, you know? And that's oh, that you, thing. So you should see mine. You got him in good shape. Oh, he looks good. Ryan, Ryan commented how good he looked. The face, the paint, the hand paint's still good. I mean, it's, yep, it's uh, yep. that, those are the kickers, the hand paint and the nose. Yeah. He, he's, he's looking good. He's looking good. I'm, but I'm, let me tell you, let me tell you Go ahead. what we have, because I'm going to bring this back around to the positivity of it is we have this thing that really does bind us. You know, when Yoda's describing the force, he's really kind of talking about OG star Wars stuff. 
we have a new police chief. I didn't put this on the air because, you know, I didn't know where this was, where this fell in the ethical realm, but I'm just going to say it. We have a new police (laughs) chief. And he came to the studio to do the show. And when he came in, he said, hey, I've got something for you. And he hands me a bag, a little baggie. And I open up and there's, it's got seeds, leaves. Uh, No, it's, he hands me. I'm I'm like, where are we going with this guy? I was so excited. Then you're like, he just gave me illicit drugs. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He, uh, he hands me this bag and I pull it out and I, and I, and I take a look at this thing and it's wrapped in tissue papers. You can't see it, but I looked at it and I said, this came from Burger King, didn't it? And he goes, yep. And I open it up and it's a return of the Jedi. Yeah. Burger King glass. And he said, we were, uh, you know, we're moving into the house here. We're rearranging some things. And he said, I had an extra one of these. And so I thought, well, I know where this probably belongs. That's awesome. That's fun. And uh, yeah, it was great. It was just, so, you know, here's this new guy in town. He's the police chief. He's a guy that, you know, I'm going to have to spend some time with. I'm going to have to have a relationship with. And how did we find a, a common language? We spoke Star Wars to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, and it's that's, it's that's the kind of thing that I was talking about earlier when I was talking about Star Wars. You know, when we meet on the playground. Yeah, it's like at the end of Fanboys. You know, you you go through the whole movie thinking his brother's just this jerk, and then they they're all in line with the fan. He's like, I didn't know you like so. He's like, it's the wars, bro. You know, and <laughs> and it's like there there's this thing that there was no one who did not like star Wars in 1983, 84, 85, there was, there was no kid who would say, I don't really like that. You know, that, mm-hmm. you know, and now they might've grown out of it. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, they might've moved on to other things and I didn't, but when you start to talk about it there, what I love is when people say, Oh, I had, and they begin to recount mm-hmm. star Wars toys they had. And it's, and, and, they it's know them. and to me, it's really cute. Because yeah. it's like, oh, I had the Millennium Falcon. Uh, and I want to say everyone had the Millennium Falcon, you know. But, <laughs> but everyone but, didn't. It was big. Uh, right, right. But they're like, you know, oh, I had this figure and I had that figure. I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah, me too. I had those too. You know, and, and I just let them kind of do their thing and 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 make that connection with me. You know, because that that side of me that wants to be like, oh, well, let me show you something. You know, that that's that doesn't work for people. Yeah, you can't like go that. full Scott Rifle. Yeah, that, that aren't people. That don't work for people who aren't us. But like what Scott says... <laughs> Hey, I got the Imperial attack base. And I'm like, yeah, does it have this? Does it have this? Does it have, you know, <laughs> and, and I get really jazzed up about, you know, and it's like, let me get your collection and put it together for you. Let me put these toys together for you and let's play. Oh. You know, like it's, it's that kind of, it, it, it's that kind of thing that I love, you know, and, and, and I think it's the dragon we all chase now as adults, you know, unfortunately, um, just, just to have that feeling of awe and wonder again. Yeah, and, you know, and and I don't look. What did what does John Mellencamp say? You know, or it's so good. No, oh. <laughs> little pink houses. No, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he says, you know, it long after the thrill of living, it's gone. Life goes on long after the thrill of living. Yeah. And, and my wife pointed out to me how sad those lyrics were, and I'm like, but it's such a jam. Um, but. I see an awesome looking Jabba come up for 90 bucks, you know, new and this has Hasbro thing. And I'm like, yeah, that looks cool and all, but when you turn his head, does his tail wiggle, you know, mm-hmm. when you, and, 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 and what, I don't know. There's just something that's like, 
I already have Java and I have a Java that brought me so much joy as a kid. I already have an X-Wing and it's the X-Wing that flew around my living room and yeah. you know, I already have a snow speeder. And it's a snow speeder that went outside on snow days. I already, you know, I have these things and, and yeah, it's cool to see that you're making them again, but why am I, why would I buy it? You know, what, yeah. what, why would I drop that much money on that when I can come in here for free and just look and remember and enjoy and even show off if I want to, you know, via YouTube or a podcast or some such. So I, and I think that, you know, Scott's right. It binds us, you know, when we start talking about the experiences we had in theaters, when we talk about renting these things on videotape, watching them on mm. HBO, recording them off of television, you know, recording some weird Cinemax thing after Return of the Jedi and having hey. Hey. <laughs> I know who got caught with that. Hey, listen, listen, we had Return of, I had an illegal copy of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi for the first time because my uncle brought his VCR over and we uh ganked it off of uh they weren't laser discs, they were like cartridges, it seemed oh, like. Oh yeah. Oh, mine's never mind. Mine's in uh, what are those video, called? The video uh, RCA video discs. RCA so, video discs. Yeah, yeah. You can. I've got on. an Empire Strikes Back one in my storage unit. Yeah. I mean, we're all of similar age. I know Steve, yeah. you're a little bit younger than Scott. Oh, much, and I, I'm but, much younger than you guys. What are you talking about? Okay, much younger. Um, but much younger. But this 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 thing that we have about it, it even stretched to. Uh, I mean, it's silly. I I recorded the. Duel of the Fates video that came out on what was that Total Request Live or whatever? Yeah, it was, it was Total Request Live. Um, Carson and, Daly. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. I watched that. I don't know how many times, just sitting there picking through it, just watching, listening to the music, and so it it didn't stop in 1983. It didn't stop in 85. Oh. I mean, it Oop. it went all the way to then to where it still was something we went that extra effort it bonded us together you know i mean oh, again like talking about or, you're talking about leaving the you're talking about leaving the um the internet going overnight so you could download the 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 trailer. oh gosh yes that big, so much you know, trouble <laughs> alfie talks about that all the time where he's like okay it was dial-up you know how long dial-up takes to get oh, you know this God. or that i got yeah. in so much trouble with the misses on that because it was like <laughs> Because it was like a, it was like a forty-five minutes to a mag back then. Oh. Yeah. Um, but because I got a, you know, I got a better modem later, where it was fifteen minutes to a mag. But it, and and we were supposed to go out to dinner, and I'm sitting there down. I'm like, wait, hang on, hang on, wait, wait, it slowed down, it slowed down, it's buffer. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. And and it's like I held up the entire family because I'm downloading the episode one trailer to watch it in a postage stamp sized <laughs> format uh yes it was but it took so long and then uh, really same way with the other dsl and stuff once the dsl was around but you know now you just think i can go to youtube and pull it up you know yeah. all those things pull them up like that look at his split well you know I, you know i'm i'm a couple of years ago i i got a hold of a uh i have a, it's actually at my feet right now a dvd vcr recorder and i took all those old tapes all those old star wars bits and pieces that i recorded and put them on a dvd it. so um, uh, I've got them all sitting there. I'm mad at young Steve because for the longest time, my Star Wars that I had on videotape was what was recorded off of CBS. Oh, I was on that television with all the interstitial <sighs> with the different celebrities and everything, and the and the thing beforehand and the thing afterhand. And then one weekend when they had a free Disney Channel weekend and Disney was showing <sighs> Star Wars commercial free, I said, "Well, I've got to record this. We don't have a blank tape." 
I'll record on the Star Wars. I'll get a better version. See, for a little, a tiny little while there, my version of Star Wars was off of the CBS broadcast, but I didn't have the interstitials because I went full Scott Rifen on it, which was, uh, huh? Yes, I paused at every commercial. Well, that's not the movie. Yeah. We will watch Mm. the movie straight through and it will be the movie. Right. That's it. So, um, we paused most of the commercials, but we brought back on the interstitials because we thought those were so cool. Yeah, but, but that wasn't like, the movie. This is a commercial-free version I can record that will just yes. have the 800 number pop up every 15 minutes that you can order. <laughs> so I, I have, um, I, I got rid of Directv. I, I only had Directv because I'm such a crazy Pittsburgh Steeler NFL fan mm. that I now, wanted. Yeah, to have they don't have Sunday ticket anymore. Ticket. Right. Yeah. So I got it's rid on of YouTube. That. Um, but with that being said. I've been spending a lot of time just diving into YouTube where it's like, we don't have cable of any sort now and we have our streaming services, but Lori and I usually watch a lot of shows together. So I'll just pop on YouTube of something that interests me. And I found that at any time you can type in Saturday morning cartoons yes, sir, and people will have four to five hours straight of them with the commercials in between. Yeah. You want to talk about just some happy times. It's is a, yeah oh my gosh when all of a sudden the droid factory gets shown in a commercial and you're like oh, what they're talking about the droid factory on mm. on you know saturday morning cartoons mm-hmm. oh i mean just the happiness of those little moments just oh it gets me and, and see that i will say i watched uh briefly this afternoon a spider-man spider-man uh from i don't even remember what year now it came up on saturday morning cartoons and in the cartoon, I just guess I never really realized how much uh, J. Jonah Jameson's mustache looked like Hitler's mustache. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, it was totally the cartoon was straight up as like Adolf yeah. Hitler is right there was in front the of 60s? you. Was it the 60s Spider-Man or the 80s Spider-Man? It was 80s Spider-Man. Okay, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, and it was funny because Mysterio had put something on a lot of people and Spider-Man was figuring it out when he did. Mysterio goes, now I will play my disco music that will that will haunt you and whatever. And Spider, Spider-Man looks at him and goes, I was always more of a Beatles fan. And yeah. I thought, wow, that was kind of yeah. cool that they brought that into Wait, it. Who was, the, who was and the villain listen, again? And if you listen to that Mysterio? disco. Was that great, right? It's one of the greatest Spider-Man villains of all time. Um, Mysterio. Scott hates him. I love him. I always <laughs> love Mysterio. Mysterio is great once. I, if, once. Listen, Listen, he's, we've he's already Danny put, Vermin's favorite villain because he's we've good. Already put once. The ladies, we've already put the ladies over the top with right with uh, Riley Shaw of his legs and Scott, you know, climbing the ladder for him all. Which, by mm-hmm. the way, Scott, the whole time you were doing that, I'm like, well, here comes Fell Army. Here comes Fell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is I the was video actually, gonna show up on Ebom's world? Oh, I was actually rooting for it. I'm like, please, please. <laughs> um, but uh, if, but if I were gonna, if I were willing to do that and really just knock all the ladies out, I would grab my Mysterio with the custom cape, you know, that's mm-hmm. wired and awesome. But anyhow, that music that Mysterio played, I guarantee, if you compare it to the rock music or the disco music from the Transformers, it's the same <laughs> music because it's the, the, same, library. the same library. Yeah, the Marvel yeah. Library. Yeah. So I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, it I was interesting. It. I love digging into that. YouTube has become this weird obsession for me as well. Like I'll just sit and start scrolling through stuff and yes. And, uh, and those Saturday morning cartoons, I know exactly what you're talking about, Joe. I love, I love that kind of stuff. I am. Um, I am listening yeah. right now to the audiobook of, uh, the, the oral history of MTV. Mm-hmm. So every time they mention a video, I go, ah, I got to take a look at this. 
and uh nice. yeah that's cool i i gotta tell today you today is today is our anniversary august 1st yeah uh, yeah 1981 it's also the anniversary of my first ever speeding ticket <laughs> august 1st 1990 wow how about that i've gotten two speeding tickets in my life august 1st 1990 and october 30th 1992 but oh i've got too many to remember <laughs> By the way, Scott, you were talking about back on the dial-up days, it was like 45 minutes to a meg or something. Yeah. I I just, for the fun of it, did a quick speed test. Mm -hmm. 753 megs per second right now. <laughs> Kids, the world we no live idea. in. Kids, you no. have no idea. You have no, no idea. idea. My 14.4 modem was 45 minutes to a meg. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think by the time I got a 63 or whatever, uh, I, I got it down to about 15 minutes to a meg, but yeah. And, and I remember we got call. You better have a second line. Don't let anybody call. Oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah. You turn off call you star, whatever it was, was part of your dial up procedure because oh, yeah. it disabled the call waiting. That was, <laughs> oh, that, that, was stunk. And, that was and terrible. Now, and now we've become old fogies. <laughs> <laughs> people are listening to the well, show. Well, I say that hopefully people are listening to the show <laughs> and they're going, what the heck are they talking the, about? The kids don't get to do phone pranks anymore. I think one of the oh. biggest problems we have in our society is kids can't do phone pranks anymore. The dial-up sound. Now, that's a sound I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> long time. A long time. Well, you know, guys, next year is the 25th anniversary of The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Oh. 24, yeah. the 25th anniversary of The Phantom Menace. Sir. Wow. Think about that. 25 years of George Lucas raping our childhood. Um, it's see, you went there. You went, ain't it cool on everybody? What happened, Harry? Oh, just... oh well, I don't know. I've heard some things that happened to Harry, um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I would say that obviously very tongue in cheek. I love the Phantom Menace from my first viewing forward. I always yeah. loved that movie. And, yeah. you know, 25 years of Duel of the Fates, 25 years of a double bladed lightsaber, 25 mm -hmm. years of yippee, 25 years of just the great, yeah, look, 25 years of that's a good trick. Yeah, that's spinning. That's good. Hey, did you catch when they brought that up in in Clone Wars early on? It's really it's one of the things that put me over the top for the Clone Wars and the prequels. There's a it's in the first season when they're mm. going after Grievous on his big ship after the whole um the Ion Cannon thing, mm. and, and and Obi Wan and Anakin break onto the ship, and Obi Wan says, "Anakin, spinning is not uh. a maneuver," and he says, "But it's a good trick." And <laughs> they just keep going. um. I, yeah, I, it's hard to believe. Like when you think of it that way, like I don't 25 years of star Wars, the original star Wars mm -hmm. for that 25th anniversary year. And I was like, yeah. wow, has well, been what did we do this year? I know. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we all went to the theater and we but, I think we all, Joe, did you go to the theater? Yeah. Yeah. feel like so long ago. No. And, and then 25 years doesn't feel long at all though. Like, is this just being old? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, I think things happen like in your childhood, things happened really slowly, like a school year mm -hmm. took forever. Yeah. And summer was like, I, I'm going to start turning to Steve Martin and the jerk yesterday. I know it's only known you for a day, but that felt like four days. And the second day felt like a day and a half. And the third day you were at your mother. So that just felt like a day. And then today. So, but you know, when you're a kid, we it, need pizza like, in a cup though. We do need yeah, some more that's pizza true. in a cup. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you're an adult, man, it flies and it just it flies does. and flies and flies. I got, I got a 26 year old kid. 
walking around my house, just about 26. Wow. Uh, year old kid walking around my house and he's supposed to be a baby. I mean, you know, Garrison Ripon is 26. He'll be 26 in 17 days. Yeah. Happy birthday, Garrison Ripon. Yeah. Yeah. And has he, look, I'm sorry. We have gone off the rails, Joe. I'm sorry. Ah. I'm more of a geek out loud than anything. That's okay. <laughs> Joe, I don't know if you've gotten to interact much with I'm Garrison Ripon, but I'm Garrison Ripon is almost a clone. <laughs> when it comes to like the way he describes things, and if he doesn't like something and so one of my favorite things to do is hear him talk about how he <laughs> disagree because i'm like well scott you created this monster <laughs> deal with it doctor dr frankenstein <laughs> let's see you deal with it frankenstein oh it's well, so funny because it is he'll do it is something, something. Go and ahead. mrs mrs riven will turn to me and she'll like that's you that's your fault Way to go. Yeah. Congratulations. So uh, I will say this, Steve, uh, my, my son turns 30 here in just a few weeks, and uh, he's he's a more talented uh, version of me, but he's he's me. Your son um, this on your lap you're talking about, that son? What's that? Son who dropped all this on your lap, that son? He, yes, <laughs> that son. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it, it goes by in a flash, and, and yes, they do usually end up being uh, a version of you in some way, shape or form, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, kind of scary to think about. And, and it does go fast. I mean, I joke and say, you know, I've got these grandkids and grandkids on the way and everything. There's no way, uh, that I, I feel like I should. And going back to Garrison, I haven't really had the interaction with Garrison. I would like to, and Scott and I have talked about this doing a Joe, Scott, Joey and Garrison oh, show. Yes. And, and, and getting together and talking about having these two crazy dads and them growing up with our crazy fandoms and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and honestly, both of our kids are crazy talented. So, I mean, yeah. uh, I Garrison does things with the deuce cast now all the time. And I just sit back and I listen and it's funny because like Steve says, I'll listen to him do the deuce cast and I go, that was mine. That was mine. <laughs> I gave him that. He probably doesn't even know I gave him that, but I gave him that. That's mine. Oh. Uh, it's just, God. yeah, it's, it's a cool thing. Do you remember where you were when you saw that trailer for Phantom Menace? That first, I, yeah, one hundred percent do. Yes, yeah. the legend. Every journey has a first step. Yes, mm. uh, yeah. I was, I was, I didn't get to the theater to see it because I didn't go see Meet Joe Black. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I was upstairs. We lived in an apartment at the time. I was upstairs in. It was a three bedroom apartment, and we didn't have Garrison. Yeah, or we did have Garrison. No, wait. You know what? Yeah, no, we didn't have. Hang on. We did have Garrison, but we hadn't moved into the apartment yet. So it was right. It's right around that, that stuff. You so you don't that. remember any of the house yet. So you don't, no, I, you don't remember. <laughs> no, I, we had moved. We had not moved out of the apartment yet into the house. Um, but yeah, so it was in my little bedroom where I would connect to CompuServe and argue with people oh. on the CompuServe forums. And, um, yeah, I was in that, in that little room in that apartment. That was just kind of my office because we didn't, you know, we didn't have an extra kid at first. And then all of a sudden we did. And he, his bedroom for like the first four months of his life was in the hallway. <laughs> so we just put him okay. in the crib in the hallway. And like, there you go. Cause we're moving my stuff out of that room. And we, we, you know, we were building a house that was already supposed to be done. So yeah, that's where I was. I was in that little office room in, uh, in my apartment. Where were you? I was, I was in my living room of my first house with, just me uh, well no by that time we had maddie because maddie is now 27 so mm. i had joey and maddie i recorded it because i had to come home from work 
and watch it as soon as I got home from work because didn't it come on like at three it came on or... entertainment? It came on entertainment tonight. Oh, wow. See, I didn't know any of you that. Didn't do that. Didn't know any of okay. that. I would go to meet Joe Black. I didn't do, I, I was in college ish and I was into movies. Plus another movie was on with too. Sorry, Steve. Wasn't there another movie that yeah, they I'm came about, out with? I'm about to get there. Okay. Uh, yeah. We, I was, I was in college ish and, um, and I wasn't really following news. I didn't have my own computer, my own internet. You know, I would check email at a friend's house, that kind of thing. But, um, I had a buddy, he wanted to go see the Jerry Springer movie. Mm. And, yeah. And so I thought this will be funny. I'll just go with him to watch the stupid Jerry Springer movie. Well, five minutes in, he's like, let's go. I'm like, okay, but if you want to leave, we'll leave. So we went to the guy and said, can we go see something different? And I want to say it was Enemy of the State with Will Smith and Gene Hackman mm -hmm. that we went over to see. And I had no idea what was about to happen. <laughs> but the first thing that happened was there was a, there was a, if you see one movie this summer and it's got like the emperor's chair in front of the big round window. Oh yeah. And he turns around and says, see Star Wars. It's, awesome. it's Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil. Yeah. Expecting someone yeah. else. And, um, <laughs> the, but then the actual thing started and, and the Lucasfilm logo comes up and every, you know, all this stuff. And I'm just like, every legend has been, and I, I looked at my, because we had gotten to the other movie kind of late. And I thought, and I didn't, I wasn't even expecting it though, but there it was. And so we sit down and, and it comes on and there it is. And I don't remember enemy of the state. Hmm. I just Pretty remember. Movie. I That's just your experience remember, that night. <laughs> I just remember the Phantom Menace, you know? Yeah. I remember like, how can I see this again? I watch this thing over and over again. How do I get, what movie theater do I have to go into <laughs> to pick this thing apart? And, and just the thrill of it's coming, you know, it's official. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not. And, and I'm, I'm one of those people. I wasn't disappointed. You know, I, I, I wasn't there on opening night to see it again. I wasn't, I wasn't in that space where I had the freedom to just kind of go. It was a Wednesday night when it opened up and, and, um, and yeah, I Tuesday just, into Wednesday. Yeah. I just wasn't in the, in the place where I could actually go see it in a place where, and, um, <clears throat> or go wait to get tickets. Cause in those days you couldn't just buy tickets online. You had to go wait to get mm -mm. tickets. Yeah. Right. Remember the lines, the lines were a big deal. Yeah. And, um, so I was going, I was, yeah. Anyhow, I love, I love the movie and I love that trailer, but I just remember being surprised. And it's one of the last times that I was genuinely shocked by a trailer, you know, because I wasn't expecting it. And there I was in the movie theater and, and got to see it without knowing it was about to happen. And there's a jolt. There's a, there's a wave that just kind of washes over you when something like that happens. Yeah. Yeah. There's just this, there's just this thing. And there's this, it's this feeling I remember when we were in the theaters and it's a smaller version of that. We were in a theater and we were watching Beverly Hills cop three and all of a sudden there's George. Yeah. And I like, and I like jumped up and yelled. Yes. And I was like, George. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it just, just something comes over you when that thing happens. Oh, what about, oh, and that was one of the only good things about that movie anyway. Really? Well, that's true. That not a that's movie. very true. Well, or like things like Indian in the cupboard. I remember just seeing when Vader shows up in the trailer. I just mm. remember seeing previews for that on TV. And I'm like, well, there's Darth Vader. You know, I'm like, yes. Oh, cool. You know, uh, and, and just to know that like there, cause that was a time when it was like, it's still out there, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're still floating around in the ether, you know, some, yeah. and maybe one day it'll come back down. Yeah. 
it wasn't long after that, I guess that it did, but yep, it, yep. It, 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 the, the special edition trailers, I knew the special editions were coming because of like star Wars insider or what have you, but man, that little, that little TV screen, you know, and it's like for years, this is how you experience star Wars. And then the X wing comes blowing through to, to the, you know, and it, it's just like, you don't, I, I guess that's one of, I guess, well, I'm an old man and I don't like the way things are, you know, but that is one of those things. It's like, you see the announcement, indie trailers up, you know, so you jump over to yeah. YouTube, there's indie, you yeah. know, the it's, it, it is the same, but it's not the same in, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. It's, it, but it was an interesting moment to be surprised by, here you go. Here's a little Star Wars. Thank you for leaving the Jerry Springer film. Some Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah. And you didn't, you didn't just have ready access to it at all times. And yeah. you were lucky if, like I said, if entertainment weekly yeah. showed it or something like that. And eventually we had movie time, which would show trailers. And then don't, I mean, and then you mentioned earlier, Joe, the, the duel of fates video on Carson daily, uh, like the minute I found uh, out you could MTV, do you think I wasn't tuning into empty? Like that's the only reason I was watching total request live. I didn't care right. about yes. anything else, you know? Yeah. No, no. Don't yeah. care about and the then Backstreet I've, boys. And I and I'm earlier when you mentioned video, I thought you were going back to that one before we got into the trailers. The trailer, I I'm pretty sure I went in like a lot of people saw the trailer of something, went to the next screen, watched the trailer again, and probably didn't watch the movie oh, wow. uh, that I paid for, right? Like watched it and said, Okay, in a few minutes the next one's starting. And I, I'm pretty sure because there it was not attached to like a ton of movies where I was like, Oh, I'm excited. Because it came out with a select few movies at the very beginning, yeah, primarily so, Joe Black, yeah, yeah, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to go see uh, this, so I'm going to go watch the trailer because I paid for it. I'm going to go watch that a couple times and walk out. So, uh, but yeah, that was it. It was a good time, and yeah, you know what? It's it's good to reminisce like this. And does it make us sound a little old? Sure, what the heck? But you know what? That's what we're here for. And uh, you, for all you young you, people listening to us, too bad. So, you know, we they they did. They did not, in my opinion, do Empire Strikes Back well. I understand why, because COVID. Mm -hmm. They did, they did okay. They did get it into theaters finally a couple times. Mm -hmm. Um, they did some merch and stuff, but I think they did a better job with Return of the Jedi and its 40th than they did with with uh, the Empire Strikes Back and its 40th. Um, do you think they roll out the red carpet for the Phantom Menace's 25th like they did for Jedi this year? I don't think so. I, I do, you, do you are they embarrassed of it? No, no, they did. Well, they're selling the they're selling the toys of it. I mean, they're selling things related mm -hmm. to it. They did, I so a few years back, they did almost like a it wasn't quite the 20th because it hadn't been five years ago, but but they they did some um releases recently, like old like uh vintage well original carding phantom yeah. black series but, but black series yep yep yeah. they sure did well, it shows that there's they're testing the waters for that i know and again well, that's the toys that's the hasbro if lucasfilm is smart i i would if i were them you know we've had this whole you know ahmed best has been redeemed he didn't need redemption we talked about that before i think i was on this show when that got mm -hmm. wrong you did you know i i think that you're looking at a kinder, kinder, gentler fandom that may treat the Phantom Menace great for a 25th anniversary kind of thing. I'd go see Good. it again. You I know, would. the reception to the 3D release wasn't so hot. I don't remember them really promoting it though. And that's I think it also yeah. was still too close to the to the burn, right? I mean, there still was maybe. I mean, I don't think the people who were 
six to 12 who saw the Phantom Menace and who absolutely mm-hmm. li- lived it were at the fine point to go see the 3D version. Maybe but, I'm wrong. What I remember is just a lot of people, when it came out, a lot of people slagging it. And in fact, it's like the tomato score went down dramatically on the movie when the 3D re-release came out, which kind of ticked me off because I, I kind of went, you know, to me, a score like that on a film should be contemporaneous. It should be when the film is new and not you going back and revising right. history and how you right. feel about the movie. But I remember that it basically dropped from a fresh rating to a rotten rating uh, upon that re-release, and it really made me angry. I enjoyed it. I, I, I don't. I. It's just like these other re-releases, though. Nothing has gotten the the attention or the rollout uh, that like the special editions did in '97. But, but, and, but, yes. And even then, like Scott, you talked about it on this very show. Even then, they underestimated what it would do. They and did. What it, and so I think if you put just a little bit of money into some marketing, into some public, just not just fan channels, not just convention stuff, but just a little bit of money into some marketing, just in your general audience area, I think you would see these things be able to take a wide release and probably do better than some of the movies that have been released this year. And, yeah. And don't just fly Riley out and feed him Denny's and expect that to get the word out there. Cause we know that's, <laughs> but no, but you know, Return of the Jedi is a perfect example of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. They put Return of the Jedi out only at AMC theaters. Nobody else got it, and it was very limited. And yet, it was it well, showed up. I think it made five million in one week. Was it AMC or Cinemark? It was. Uh, it, it was, was AMC where I was. I, okay. Yeah, it was. I was thinking it was AMC. Well, yeah, we, didn't have, we had to go all the way to a Cinemark somewhere to see it. We didn't have AMC. Mm, all right, that's AMC. interesting. Didn't show it. Yeah. Yeah, the, and the Georgia Theater Company didn't see it. I had to go to. I had to drive to Orange Park. You know my story on that. I I drove down to Orange Park, drove back, got Garrison, drove back, came back again. So, um, but yeah, that movie made in in a weekend like five million bucks with nothing to show for it, and nothing to no real yeah. effort put into it. And I uh, think, other than the great poster. Yeah, and I think the they that might be embarrassed, but I don't think it's embarrassed. I think they just don't want us to live in it. I think that they want. I think they want Andor and Ahsoka and Mandalorian to be the driving force now, Grogu, and and they really do want Rey to be kind of the new Luke Skywalker. And mm-hmm. no comments on whether that's good, bad, or otherwise. But the truth of the matter is, is when you have something that you want to see happen, even as a corporation, these older things, I think they look and say, well, this will just take time and effort away from the stuff we want to do. So rather mm-hmm. than put any effort into this let's just throw the little fans a bone let's just throw it you know and and maybe they'll get there you know and and so they may do that with phantom menace i know that when when lucasfilm first well when disney stuff first started coming out when when disney lucasfilm stuff first started coming out i remember i noticed starting with the force awakens there was a few mentions of some things and then in rogue one you had a whole juggernaut tank from the clone wars that showed up and that sort of thing and i told i may i may have told you this scott on one of the shows that i think that there was a subversive subversive effort within the ranks of lucasfilm to shed a a happier or a better light on the prequels what we've seen in this era with hayden christensen with ahmed best gregor gregor i think we've seen that that generation that prequel generation come to its own and and the and the appreciators really start to step to the forefront. And I I think it would do them good to 
and I'm not a 3D guy, but I say go ahead. You've got these 3D things, release them. Go ahead and release yeah. them. Make and yeah. make a big deal about it, you know. Just do it. And but, you know, maybe it maybe it takes to the 50th anniversary of a new hope to where you just blow it all out into one big bash and you do you know, uh, you do something to where it's built up around the entire, uh, you know, all of it at one time, a year, year long celebration. Yeah. If I was at Disney, I would do a year long celebration of the 50th anniversary of Star Absolutely. Wars. Absolutely. Put all things out there to, yes. to get people to the theater. Yes. But I think what I'm talking about here is, is a specific celebration of the Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. Sure. A specific celebration of it for its 25th anniversary. I agree. You know, it's funny. I remember. Um, I'm going to name drop my buddy, Jack McDevitt when it was out, excuse me, I'm sorry. Nebula award-winning author, Jack McDevitt. Hey, uh, pick that up. Your wife doesn't want that sitting on the floor. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, he and I were at lunch one day when episode one was out and he's like, I haven't seen, he's a science fiction author. I haven't seen star Wars yet. I don't think I'm going to go. And I said, why? He said, well, I hear it's bombing. And I went, Jack, it's gone past $400 million. And at the time, I think three movies in history had done that. It was E.T., Star Wars. Well, it was Titanic, E.T., Star Wars. No, it was Titanic and Star Wars. I'm sorry. I think E.T. had not gotten to 400 at that juncture. Um, So yeah, it was it was like one of three movies in history that had made $400 million. And I don't even think 10 movies had made $300 million at that point. So Star Wars did quite well, but the, the episode one did quite well. But the word on the street was it was a bomb. Yeah. It had flopped. It had, you know. It had done horribly. It hung on all summer. We were still going to see it in July from a May release. So, yeah. uh, you know, a, 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 again, peep, there was a, a vocal contingent that hated that movie. Uh, and I think they, they kind of peed in the pool for everybody else. That was not a hated film at the time. At all. And, and it got re-released in November of that year. Um, mm -hmm. it hung around for a while because it was still the days when things would hang around, but like, you know, it already been to the dollar theaters on. I remember it getting a re-release in November. I saw that movie upwards of 17 times in the theater. Mm. I saw it seven. I saw it and seven. I, I, and then I would also theater hop and, and just to watch the last battle, you know, the, the, the last, lightsaber uh -huh. movie, you know, after we'd seen something else, if we'd gone to see something else, I'd go in and, and take a peek at, at the Phantom Menace. Uh, I Ryan. Mean, Ryan went to New York city that summer and he came back with a VHS bootleg from the streets of New oh, York. Sweet. And, Did Seinfeld and, shoot that? Cause he does you know, great it's, work. It's the full George Costanza in the theater, people cheering, somebody getting up to pee. Yeah. I mean, it's everything you want it to be. Yeah. And, and again, for a movie that was so hated, mm -hmm. why is it that I could not stop dubbing copies off for people yep. who were desperate to have, I just, of course yep. admitted to a distributing the works of but believe me i paid for i've i've bought so Interpol. many copies of it at this point i think i've paid for it yeah yeah that, that's the thing you 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 look at that movie and and people weren't coming out of that movie hating they were coming out movie oh. rating and 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 it left you with that feeling of star wars this is this is star wars and um, honestly, you know, it left me with a feeling that none of the sequels did. I remember it took me seven times watching the force awakens to be okay with the force awakens and come around and be like, I like this movie, you know, to the point that I was really looking forward to the last Jedi and, and the last Jedi hit. And I'm like, wow, they've really messed things up. And then, you know, so that, and, and it's sad, you know, to me, I feel sad about it. I don't feel angry. I feel sad because 
I want that excitement that I had going into Revenge of the Sith. You know, I want that excitement that I had. That listen, just the trailers for yes, those yes. prequel movies, man. Do you remember the episode two teaser, the breathing trailer? They called it. Oh yeah. Oh they, yeah. Just change image with each breath. Yeah. You know, it's just like it. It's it. it, it so yeah, I don't think they will, Scott. I do. I think there's still a stigma around it. I think it'll be a low key celebration. Um, I, I think it'll be a little bit less than what we've seen for Return of the Jedi, but a little bit more maybe than what we got to see for uh, Empire because of the COVID and everything. Um, yeah, I'll I'll go to the theater. I will pay to see it, and oh, I will pay I'll for people to come with it. me and see it. Yeah, I, I'll gladly go sit in a the theater and watch it. One hundred percent. I, you may be able to convince me to go see rise of Skywalker in the theater someday, you know, um, I'll take you. Cause I, I love that goofy ass movie. It's <laughs> got <laughs> language. I love <laughs> that movie. Uh, it's, it, it's, and I've, I've used this analogy a bunch. I know, but it's, it's literally, you go to somebody's house and they've got a three-year-old kid and the three-year-old kid is so trying to impress you. Look what I can do. Look, look what I can do. Look, look. Yeah. And it's that movie. It's trying to impress everybody. And it's it, trying to make everybody love it. That movie is when you invited your friend over to play Star Wars with you and they got into some weird convoluted thing, but you're <laughs> in the middle of it and you're like, all right, let's just run with it, you know? <laughs> hey, but what about this? Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's just Lando. do it. Now, is this Lando's daughter? Who knows? Yes, the force yeah. can turn you into pigs. It's okay, just do it. Just yeah, that's the movie. That's the first Star Wars movie I went and saw with Brent, and and I had no idea Brent was a Star Wars fan until weeks before that movie, and I had an extra ticket, and he came along, and that's where the whole Brent being a a member of the Rule of the Galaxy crew kicked in because nice. of uh, that was in what December of 2019, and we started in January of 2020. So, kind of weird how that all came together. But you can point to, you can point to big moments. In, in all these Star Wars movies, I think that resonated with with so many. I, to me, the the original Star Wars is just that the whole thing is that moment for me. Like mm -hmm. I can quote the movie backwards and forwards. You bring up a moment, I'm like, yeah, that's my favorite part of the whole movie. And and then you bring up another one, I'm like, yeah, that's my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. Um, Empire is of course the Luke, you know, no, I'm your father moment. Jedi is is I think for me, it's that it's the moment where he says i'm a jedi like my father before me you know moments that just kind of make you or yes or you know whatever and then when you get to the prequels you had those moments like the double-bladed lightsaber even though that was spoiled by the music video and the and, mm -hmm. and stuff we saw on the shelves and everything that's still such a huge moment you know yoda sparking a lightsaber in episode two is such a fantastic you know great thing and then even though it was in the trailer, you know, Lord Vader, yes, my master, you know, right. You know, that even though he doesn't say it when he comes up, but you know, the whole birth of Vader in that suit and everything it's, and it, they got rid of his sissy hands. Yes. It's heartbreaking. It's, it, it's, it, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> it's sad. It's tragic, but it's still also awesome because there's the breathing, there's the mask, there's the, yep. You know, it's just, and we've been working towards this. And quite frankly, you know, they had moments. Chewie were home was supposed to be that mm. moment for us in, in Force Awakens. And it's still a great moment, you know. It's a great trailer moment. But, but, but in the movie, it wasn't that great a moment. It was <laughs> because of the way you had to get there to it. Mm. And, and then you didn't really have 
And I don't want to, again, I'm not crapping on this. I don't mean to crap on the sequel trilogy. I just, I, for me, I, I never felt the way I felt coming out of those prequels, you know, at any of those, at any of the other, at the end of the subsequent movies. And I'm going to hope, I'm going to hope that just like the prequel generation, although I, I shouldn't have been the prequel generation. I was because I was there with my son and it meant something to go and see those movies with him. Um, I'm going to hope that there's a group of people that the sequels does this same thing for them. I mean, yeah. I hope that they're going to look in 20 years and they're telling people, oh, when this scene happened or when this line happened, when I'm going to hope. Ray Skywalker. Yeah. When she said Ray yeah. Skywalker, I'm like, yes. The thing, and then, the thing and then Luke and Leia floated up in the in the skyline like a like a bad lock in movie. The thing, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are we talking Greece at the end of Greece? <laughs> is like I, I said it when we walked down. I I enjoyed the last. I mean, uh, not last. I enjoyed the rise of Skywalker, but I said it uh, on the podcast. Somebody saw Endgame. <laughs> You know, you had your portals moment, you had your, I, and you know, I am, I am inevitable and I am Iron Man. I am the Sith and I am all the Jedi, you know, and you had those moments and everything. And then, and then we're going to get in a loop of her healing him and him healing her and dying. And, you know, there's back and forth, back and forth healing. And I'm like, well, this is now the loop we're stuck in for all eternity, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but, but yeah, it, it was it it just unfortunately the lack of you know they paid the price for their lack of vision you know that's what I, mean, I would agree that's what that's I'm what hoping was. I'm hoping this downtime is giving them time to all come together and put that vision together but I think Ahsoka has the opportunity to be something really neat you know I don't I don't I'm, I'm hoping special but really neat because I I think they really are trying to lean into the old school fans as much as they can and tell kind of their version of heir to the empire, you know, with the characters they have at hand. And, 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 and I, I really do think that, you know, it's going to be kind of like the, the official closeout of rebels. And so we'll get to see some live action characters that those of us who watched the show really enjoyed, you know, and Scott, I would, I would really encourage you to try. I know you've got year in five of, of clone wars, but man, once you get through those last couple of seasons, I know are, are abbreviated seasons of clone wars. Um, but I'm telling you rebels is it's a, it's, it's really rough in the first season. Mm-hmm. Once they get going, man. Um, I watched, I watched originally the first season of rebels and I watched part of the second season. I think I stopped after the jaws episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> with Rex, I, I, that was the yeah. one they were out with the Rex and the team out on the mm-hmm. desert. Like, yeah. And I pretty much had Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would just commend to you that because because as it ramps mm-hmm. up and you get into Thrawn, Thrawn's not all about art and stuff. Mm-hmm. Here. Thank goodness. Um, but it is it is it's really good. It's really well told. Thrawn mm-hmm. becomes that thing that Darth Vader can't be in that show. Darth Vader can't be the bad guy who's getting beat every week. You know. No. That's really why they needed the Inquisitors. You know, they needed someone that could be outsmarted. Me. It's it's uh it's the go. It's I always I likened it to the Pac Man, um, uh, cartoon back in the day because you had yeah. your that you had to see and so they were the lackeys for the big dude you know who was never yeah. a video game or anything but you know he could never be defeated a dr claus lackeys you had someone pulling the strings and and they were all inept and that's kind of what you have not that thrones inept but like he's someone that's like all right he can be defeated but he's a formidable foe and mm. um and it's and it's really it's, 
I hate to say how good it got, but it really did. It did. Good. Yeah, it did. The the Kane and Jarrus part, honestly, is some of my favorite Star Wars during those few episodes around Kane and and, and the end before Thrawn and all that. So yeah, this, I was great. sold on. I was honestly sold on the show. I thought I wasn't going to like it. I was done. I wasn't going to have anything to do with it. And then in that first, I mean, right from the first episode, when um, when he steps up to to spark his lightsaber for the first time in years, oh, yeah. and that bla- and that blaster bolt comes out, and he just does this kind of thing, like it's not some weird cool Matrix thing. He just goes, Nyeh. and I'm like, that's Jedi right there, you know, that's that's Jedi. And then he sparks up, and the guy's like, concentrate fire on the Jedi, Jedi. you know, like I'm I'm in I'm I'm into this, you know, and. Yeah. and those and it's that moment that realization of like oh wow i'm into this okay okay i'll go along with this ride you know and that and it just got better as the it just like all the felony stuff it did it found its voice and got better you know and i think i think there's one thing about felony is he takes a little bit with these series to kind of figure out what he wants it to be those animated Mm -hmm. series and then once he does he just settles in and rolls yeah and you can Brent you can said, see a real increase in the quality on uh on on clone wars as time goes on oh definitely it's dramatic brand has always said the the rebels the rebel show is all about found family and then that family growing and each character having character development throughout the four seasons that's true because that's one thing you know the temptation i think would have been to especially with disney star wars the way that it seemed to get treated was to really just focus on one or two of those characters and you really got them all fleshed out at some point or another now it's you know in some seasons like hair takes more of a back seat for a lot of large part of the season of some seasons than i'd one or two but but you still get her whole backstory and her what who you know her relationships and her family and and all that stuff and 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 when it just all comes together it just all comes together in a really nice way i think and agreed and it'll and it's and some of the stuff you've seen in Mandalorian and other places, you know, make you know they become moments of like, oh, really cool. That's cool to see that. And um, and I, I so I think Ahsoka is just going to be kind of a continuation of that. And I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm hoping that it's yeah. something exciting for sure. And it's not not far away at all. Just couple, just two or three weeks away. So, yeah. um, well, I'm going to cut it short because even though even though Steve wants us to go another hour, hour and a half, it, uh. I gotta get them work tomorrow, and then no, I, I was gonna say I'm. Tomorrow. I was on the. I was on. The, you're not cutting it short because I was on the verge of bowing out. So yeah, Scott's, Scott's got to get earlier than me. Yeah. Um. So any any closing thoughts from you two gentlemen? It's been a blast. I'm so glad Riley is back in the fold of everything again, and can't wait to do some more things with hear him do things with you guys and do some things with him myself because he's just a great young man. Yeah. My closing thoughts are: let's do this tomorrow night. <laughs> let's do it again. Uh, there. Let's do it. Okay, let's try it. <laughs> um, one of you guys lead it, and I'll do it from my phone. How's that? Okay, perfect. I'm there. All right. Where are you traveling to, Joe? <laughs> Where are you going, Joe? Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> wow. It is Joey. It is Joey's first uh, oh, comedy right. tour night tomorrow night oh, in Columbus, right. Ohio, and I'm I'm going to go with him. The exotic land of Columbus. That's right. where you're in the middle of ohio okay anyway um guys it's always a pleasure i can't thank you two enough uh for always being a part of what we do at rule the galaxy and as i've told you a million times you guys are two of the main reasons why we're doing this so thank you so much and we really appreciate it thank you you got it hey 
for Rule of the Galaxy fans, followers, listeners, or maybe just for our small group of people who enjoy hanging out and talking about Star Wars. Until next week, or until the show that Scouter Steve gets me on tomorrow, may the Force be with you.